Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aoub. <laughs> what about Aoub? Safula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get to pumping. I got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fine. We, we, in the, we in the thick. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm going to screaming too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? <laughs> I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM and Greenville 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, pr927fm.com. And watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube. All of our interviews and programs are there in their entirety. Also, we are on Facebook Live every day. You can chime in there with your question, comment, whatever you want to talk about on this Tuesday. Got a big show planned for you coming up later on in the program. Double B, Brian Bailey, getting ready for Touchdown Friday coming up this Friday night. High school football kicking off. We'll talk about that. We'll talk Pirate football, a little NFL. His Dallas Cowboys were committing penalties all over the field in a preseason game. We'll talk a little NFL with Bailey coming up at 4 o'clock. Got more fantasy football talk coming your way in the 4 o'clock hour as well. And the return of former ECU tight end Bryce Williams. We missed him last week, but he'll be back this week. So we'll talk some Pirate football with the former ECU tight end in our number three. Shirley Rhodes is here, the Chan man cj schaefer ellerby is here as well as a special guest former east carolina offensive lineman willie smith joining us to kick off today's edition of pirate radio live gentlemen how we doing today how you doing clipper good to have the big guy here in the studio today got some protection got (laughs) the blind side covered yes great great to be here great to be here willie it's good to see you in person last time i talked to you from a pirate radio entity we were on uh zoom during the COVID times when that's how we were doing pretty much every interview. So it's great to have you here in studio. Absolutely, man. It's great to be here. Willie, uh, you played for the Pirates, uh, had an NFL run, too, with uh, three NFL teams. Uh, Are you getting excited for the uh, upcoming uh, start of football here? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm getting really excited about it, man. The blood's starting to boil a little bit, which is not going to be out there, man. So I'm I'm excited about it. You've kind of made your home back here in uh, Greenville and and Pitt County since uh, retiring from the league. Uh, get, Get everybody up to speed. What's Willie Smith been up to? Yeah, yeah, man. So since I came back in uh, 2016, I've been selling real estate full-time with Smith & Associates Real Estate Solutions, and uh, that's what I do now, man. Full-time realtor. All right, and uh, you got you got some connections on this East Carolina football team this year. A little special interest when you're uh, watching the Pirates play. That's right, that's right. Uh, my nephews are on the team, uh, Zakiah Wilson and Zion Wilson, and uh, I'm excited to see what them guys are going to do as well. Right, and a little fast fact for people listening, uh, you and former Pirate C.J. Wilson that's right. are, are related because uh, you married his sister. Yeah, yeah, I waited for him to go to the uh, NFL, and then I went and got a sister. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> That was was a good move. Good move. Of course, CJ getting ready to start uh, at North Pitt. That's right. Coaching football this Friday night, as Clip mentioned, touchdown Friday. So, uh, very cool. Two uh, former Pirates. Uh, How much do you and CJ talk football? Oh, man, we're we talking about football all the time. You know, with him doing the uh, the coaching now, that, that's all that's on his mind. So, he, he's calling me all the time, asking me different things. And uh, he, he's excited, man. I'm excited for him. 
Has he called you in for some uh, offensive line tips? Got to say, <laughs> come out to practice, help me out? Yeah, well, I, I, I drove by um, the practice field one day and I uh, was out there, man, just doing a couple of drills with the guys. So, uh, man, I'm excited to see what they're going to do this year. Uh, the O-line, it looks to be uh, potentially a strength for the East Carolina football team, coached by Steve Shankweiler, who's been here uh, several trips to Greenville. But uh, you had some time with Coach Shank here, right? Yeah, man. H- hands down, Coach Shank is one of the best to ever coach this game, man. I-, I was in the NFL with a lot of great coaches, but the things that I learned from Coach Shank, you know, they really helped me take my game to the next level, man. So C- Coach Shank... It's really one of the best, man. What is what is it? What do you have to learn to be a really good offensive lineman? Well, number one, man, you just got to have perseverance. You know, you got to have that grit. You got to have that determination that no matter what, you're going to go out there and get the job done. Because it's it's you don't get no glory as offensive lineman. <laughs> you do all the work, but don't get any glory. And every day, man, you just got to be ready to work, regardless of if you get any accolades or not. You just got to come every day and do your job, man. What is like the uh, a technique or two that that you you if you if people are watching football this yeah. year or uh, if someone wants to learn the position, what what kind of technique would you say how you can distinguish who's a good offensive lineman and uh, who's not doing their job well? <laughs> well, the easiest thing is they get beat. You're right, you're right. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, just getting off the ball fast, man, having fast feet, fast hands, you know, those are going to be the biggest determinations of uh, a tackle, guard, center, anybody, getting off the line and, and being set, being ready. That lets you know who, who's good. You played here under Skip and uh, a year under Ruff, kind of two different offensive schemes. It was more pass-happy, I guess, when, when Ruff kind of came in. Skip was kind of more ground control. How right. big of a difference was your job – transitioning from those two different coaches no nah, that's a uh, that's a really good question man because you know under skip you can run pass so you had a difference of the two but then when um you know rough came in man it was all past so it's like man you had to bring your work pill because you had to be past <laughs> it in every play as offensive lineman you don't want to be passing every play man because you got to really earn it every day so it's actually harder in that kind of offense. You like the pound of ground, huh? Yeah, man, ready to just hit somebody. It seemed like, too, and, and you weren't here long through the Lincoln and, and Ruff era, but they were bringing in a different type of offensive lineman. Seemed to be like a longer, leaner guy compared to a bigger guy, which is yeah. what Skip wanted. So do you see that across football, too, in those offenses, that sometimes the guy they're looking for a tackle could be different at Alabama than it is Texas Tech? Yeah, no, I mean, you're definitely seeing guys that's more athletic. You know, if for you to be in a passing scheme offense, you want guys that can move because, you know, you got fast guys on the other side of the ball. And if you're passing 80% of the time, you got to have a guy that's athletic, that's agile, that can move. How often, like when the team huddles up, and a lot of time in, under rough, they didn't huddle at all, but like when the team huddles up, how, how often does an offensive lineman get to, get to say anything? Because it's usually kind of the quarterback, kind of <laughs> like, you know, I'm, and I'm sure the receivers or running backs, I guess, are maybe right. talking a little bit. How much talking does the offensive lineman do during a game? I mean, really, during the, the huddle, the offensive lineman's not saying much. The quarterback is giving a play. We're talking when we get to the line of scrimmage, hey, that's your guy. That's I got the mic. You know, We're going to work together to block these guys over here. That's how you're talking as offensive lineman, but you don't get any shine in the huddle. Willie Smith joining us in the Pirate Radio studios. Last year, East Carolina seemed to be stronger run blocking. Keaton Mitchell, a 1,000-yard year. Of course, a lot of that was held by his speed, but Pirates seem to be better run blocking than pass blocking. Why is that, Willie? Well, why can you what can you put your finger on about that? 
Yeah, well, I can't really speak specifically on why they're better at one than the other, but it's always great when you got a good running back behind you. You know, <laughs> right. you know, if I just get in front of this guy and push him a little bit, this guy with the speed behind me is going to get past him. So that always helps when it comes to the run game. You know, having guys that, number one, communicate. Number two, they come off the ball and they hit people. And then number three, having a running back that gets downhill and goes north and south instead of east and west. What's the what's the biggest adjustment an offensive line can make in a game? If like when you're playing like a, a defensive line that's just really dominant up front, how do you, and, and they're at, at first really kind of putting problems on you? I, how do you make an adjustment to to flip the script on that? Yeah, well, a lot of that is scheme, you know, and that goes to the offensive coordinator. If a guy is really strong on the left side, then let's not run to the left side. Let's let's try to scheme the plays to run to the right. Or, you know, if it's a, a pass play and this, this left end is a beast, then, hey, let's let's lead a tight end and let him chip him, do something to change up his rhythm so that he doesn't curse the guy on the end. So it's all in, in scheming it up. I always hear when offenses are going fast that, man, the defense is wearing down, the defense is getting tired. I always wonder, well, what about the offensive line? What about Willie? He's been on the field for 100 <laughs> plays. Is he tired? So I don't know. How tired do you get out there compared to the guy you're blocking on the other side? Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought it up because nobody ever talks about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some respect to the O-line. I'm like, are these guys supermen or what? Right, no, nah, man, we'd be exhausted out there. But, you know, we're okay with it because we know that this guy is tired in front of us. He hasn't been able to rotate out. So we want him to be tired. You know, because all we got to do is get in front of him, but he got to get around the edge. So we actually want, you know, a fast offense later because they can't rotate. An ideal situation is for your offense to go 7, 10, 12 plays down the field, score a touchdown, and then your defense gets them three and out, then you're back on the field again. Right. I, I mean, so you, you have to work hard to be, be uh, in shape to be the offense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of hard work that goes into being an offensive lineman. And that was one of the biggest things because, you know, I was a defensive end when I came in. And then they made the switch over to tight end and then eventually the offensive line. And uh, the number one thing that I learned was, man, like, even when you're tired, you still got to be able to go. Like, on defense, you can get subbed out. But when you're on offensive line, man, you got to be ready to go every single play, no matter how tired you are. So that's where your fundamentals come into play. One of the plays, when you when you watch it from the stands, uh, that frustrates fans a lot, and I'm sure coaches too, is, is the false start. You know, you get you get the <laughs> offensive line somewhere right. that, that, that jumps and is like, oh, that's a dumb penalty. Right. Like, how do you prevent it? How does, I mean, what do you think causes it? Is yeah. it just, is it because you get tired what are some of the things that is going on with the offensive line when you have uh, sometimes multiple offenses on there no I mean so early in the game if if you're saying that it's because the guys are nervous and they got the jitters and you know they're they're trying to get into the game later in the game when it happens though it's just like you said them guys are tired they're exhausted and you know they might not have heard the snap count right and it was not communication, so that's when you see somebody jumps outside at that point. While we're talking penalties, uh, holding is is not preferred either. But sometimes, <laughs> if you do get beat, uh, you don't want to get your quarterback killed, right? So sometimes it's not the worst thing in the world. But right. how many how many times were you called for holding that you complained about, Willie? Like an NBA foul where the guys right. always complain. How many times did you say my hands are inside? I, you know, yeah. how many times did they get you when they probably shouldn't have? Right. Well, as an offensive lineman, we're never holding. <laughs> <laughs> so every time they call the play. Right, right, right. So, I mean, we're just doing our job, man. And, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to get any calls on you, but that's where your fundamentals come into play. If you do it the right way, you won't get called. 
There's also an old saying that says there's holding on every play. Yeah, that's, that was here I asked you, true or false? Is there holding on every play? 100%. <laughs> it's just a matter of getting caught or not, right? Right, that's right. What, what about uh, the love language that goes between the offensive line and the defensive line? How, how much chatter is actually going on in the trenches uh, between the two lines? Oh, man, it's, it's nonstop. It is nonstop, especially if you come off and you hit them real good. You know, you talking smack, and then they, they're mad, and now they come off the edge, and they're trying to do what they're trying to do. So, I mean, it's constant back and forth, man. You'd be surprised some of the things that said on the line. The stereotype is that the offensive guys are kind of the big old nice guys, but uh, is that true, or are you guys uh, throwing the heat harder than the defensive line is throwing it at you man, uh, verbally? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a tit for tat, man. I think we're both, you know, we're both giving everything we got. And, you know, you got some guys that are just naturally nicer than others, but everybody's talking out there, everybody. I remember watching you uh, with Washington, my favorite team, and uh, you were blocking the, those Giants defensive lines and then some yeah. really, really good teams there. So who are some of the guys, Willie, that you went up against that are they're some of the best ever? Who who was the, the best challenge for you? Yeah, uh, just thinking back, man, um, I really – the best way to ask that question is who did I hate blocking, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hated uh, blocking Jason Pierre-Paul, man. That guy was just good, man. And he could just – he could move, you know. And every play you had to bring everything you had just to stay in front of the guy. So I really hated blocking that guy. Is he still playing? He, still he was with the Lakers? Bucks, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. I think he, he was the fireworks doing. guy, right? He was, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Still still playing. And still getting it done. Right. right. I got a million questions on uh, his time in Washington. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe get to that later on in our right. conversation. You may have but. to do a whole podcast. <laughs> 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 Willie may not have uh, till, till Saturday to sit here with you. <laughs> I'm fascinated by all that. But how about your uh, your journey in the NFL, Willie? You, you, you know it's a game. You probably learned, too. It's a business, right? So right. how did you kind of balance those things? Yeah, yeah. That was the biggest thing that you learned, man. Um, um, I was undrafted. You know, I was expected to be drafted. Undrafted, so I, I had to come every day ready to work. And, you know, what you quickly find is that, man, it is a business. Like, every day they're bringing in somebody else to try to replace you. And it's your job to, to prove to them that, hey, I'm better than that guy. So it's a constant business, man. You were trying to replace a guy, and then the guy behind you was trying to replace you. And it's just a, a cycle. Right? Yeah. This yeah, is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but you were able to to stick around for a little while with uh, with Washington, with the Raiders, with the Chargers. So, yeah. how about your uh, your stops in the NFL? How much did you enjoy that that time in your life? Yeah, man, that, that was pretty exciting, man, to be able to to do play football and get paid for it. You know, you playing the game and you you're making money to play a game, and then I got to play in some of the best cities in the world. So, um, my my favorite favorite city was San Diego. I mean, every day. You're talking about 70, 80 degrees, and you just, you know, you're, you're loving it, man. You're loving what it. What was your favorite moment from the NFL? Is there is there a moment that stands out more than anything? No, that's that's a, that's an awesome question, man. And just kind of thinking back, my favorite moment was, you know, the, the first game that I, I was going to play. I think it was against the Patriots, man. And I standing in the tunnel with my helmet on, and I'm looking at all the other helmets in front of me, and I'm seeing the Redskins logos, and I was like, wow, like, I'm really about to play in the NFL, man. So that that was my favorite moment, man. Is there one coach that uh, stands out more than any to you in the NFL? It could have been even your position coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, my coach uh, Joe Delisandro, um, when I was with the uh, the Chargers, man, he was man, he was loud, he was aggressive, and every day, man, he he demanded your best, man, and. Uh, 
definitely my favorite coach, man, because he made me work hard every day. What was it like being in the huddle and being around uh, Philip Rivers? He seems like an interesting guy. Yeah, man, Philip is a is a fireball, man. That <laughs> that guy is he's always turned up. So how you see him on TV is how he really is. Like that dude, he's a great guy, man, but he. He, he's aggressive with everything he does. And man. he would talk junk to the defense, but you would be the one to have to block that guy, right? So were you ever like, hey, Phillip, right. shut up, yeah, man. I'm like, chill out, bro, chill out. I got to block this guy right here, man. So, yeah, absolutely, man. If, if you had a uh, number one pick of one teammate you could start your team with right now from who you played with, uh, who, who would you take to, to be your number one pick? Wow, man, that's a tough question. Man, because I play against, I play with some great guys, man. Um so if you're going back to quarterbacks, you know, obviously Phillip was the best quarterback I played with, you know. So I would quarterback wise, I would definitely choose him. Um defensive, Dwight Freeney, man, that dude was a beast. Even I, I got, you know, introduced to him later in his career, but he was still a beast. Like 14, 15 years in, this guy was still a beast on the edge, man. Willie Smith joining us. So we'll take a timeout. Can you hang out one more second? Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll talk more football, more pirate football here with Willie Smith. And it is LRB tailgate tuesday that's right we're getting ready for tailgate season just right around the corner 16 days or so till pirate football and we got a huge giveaway coming up this hour at the end of next segment we're going to be giving away some pbr or what is it called ellerby can you say it properly chandler i think chandler's got it chandler's got it what is it chandler pbr thank you sir it is pabs blue ribbon tailgate tuesday right here on pirate radio live and coming up uh, at the end of next segment, we'll be giving that away. So get your dialing finger ready. A 12-pack of PBR. That's coming up on Pirate Radio Live. More to go with Willie Smith when we return after this. listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Well, CopyPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, back with you here on a Tailgate Tuesday. We're giving away some PBR, some Paps Blue Ribbon coming up at the end of this segment. So stay tuned, and uh, you can be a big winner as Ellerby and special guest Willie Smith joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios, former ECU offensive lineman, NFLer. And uh, Willie, when we talked to former players, I asked them you know, what they miss most. And just about every time the answer is being with the guys in the locker room, the camaraderie and that stuff. So is that on your the, your top of the list as what you miss about playing football? Yeah, no, nah, I, I would say that's accurate, man. You, you miss being around the guys and all the jokes and the laughing going on in the locker room, man. That's 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 the biggest thing you miss. You don't miss the running. <laughs> you don't miss the fall camp and the training camp and all that stuff, right? No, sir. No, sir. Conditioning tests. <laughs> they can have that. Well, what do you think is the, the, the one or best life lesson that football taught you? Oh, man, you got some great questions today, man. <laughs> <laughs> best life lesson. Um, I would say never give up, man. 
Like, you know, you're going to have some great plays. You're going to have some bad plays. And in the same way, in life, man, you're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. But every day, man, you got to come ready to work. How are you uh, motivated? Did you motivate yourself? Did you need a, a strength coach, a D, uh, an O-line coach to get in your face? Like, because everybody's different, right? So, uh, so, yeah. so, how are you motivated as a player? And and you know, how do you motivate yourself uh, today? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question, man. And um, it's, it comes down to man, you know, having a burning desire. You know, to me, I, I wanted to be the guy that was, you know, his name's being called out, and I, I wanted to be great and be known and. You know, once you have something that, you know, you want, you have a strong why, that's what motivates you to go up and, and, and go to work because some days you're just not going to feel like, you know, hitting anybody. You're not going to feel like taking those sets. You're not going to feel like doing the extra work that's required to be great. And even today as a realtor, man, I, I work hard every day because, you know, my why is, man, I want my kids to have a great life. So you got to have a strong why, and that's what motivates you when you have a why. How hard uh, was just learning the, the, the playbooks and, and the, the homework, all the stuff? I mean, like getting out on the field right. is, is, is doing the work. But there's a lot that goes behind the scenes into film sessions and other stuff. How, how hard and how much dedication did you have to have to, to learn all that? No, I mean, it, it takes a lot because the coaching staff, they're going to install the plays. And it falls on you as the player to go in and take time by yourself to review the plays, right? You know, study the plays, know what's going on in different scenarios, different fronts, right? And, you know, as far as being on the field, you know, you got to just, you know what you got to work on. And my, my goal when I was playing was, man, let me just find the one thing that I can get better today. You know, if that's just my first step or is that's my, my pad level or my hand placement, my hat placement, finding that one thing that you can work on every day was how I got better. Did you ever have, like, any deer-in-the-headlights moments, like either for yourself or when you looked in the huddle and you knew that one of your teammates didn't know the play or you didn't know the play? I mean, was there, there's a, did, did you ever, when they called the play and you're like, right, right. Uh, yeah, we, we, we was just talking about them, those 14, 15 play drives. And you in the huddle, man, and all you're trying to do is catch your freaking breath. And you get to the line, like, crap, what play we run this league? <laughs> you was hoping that you got to the guard and he knew the play. If he didn't knew the play, y'all was screwed. <laughs> so that's when things can go wrong. <laughs> right, right. Well, you got uh, two championship rings, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and thinking of talking about the guys you faced in the NFL, in practice, you would face, uh, what, your guy CJ, Scotty Robinson, uh, yeah. depending on where they were lined up. Right. Maybe Linville Joseph got in your area a time right. or two. So right. you got well prepared here at East Carolina. That was maybe the best defensive line definitely in recent years, uh, in the, yeah. in, you know, in recent years that we've seen here at yeah. East Yeah, no, those guys, man, they, they were good. I mean, they, like you said, every day, man, everybody had that mindset of, man, we was going to get better. So every day, even in practice, you had to bring it because if you didn't, you would have got embarrassed. And that does prepare you, you know. You talked about uh, the NFL, the memories you had. Uh, what are some of your favorite moments uh, wearing the purple and gold? Man, I would say my my most favorite moment was um, when we was playing Houston here for the conference championship game. And um, I can't remember the defensive guy name, but, man, we the whole O-line as a unit, we brought it, man. We, we dominated the field. And uh, just, you know, looking up at the stand, man, seeing all the fans cheering and the confetti and everything. I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience, man. Great moments and trying to uh, get back to those moments. The last conference championship team here at East Carolina, although it does seem, Willie, that Mike Houston has this thing turned in the right direction. And that starts with him padding the defensive line and the offensive line. That, that's what they've tried to do. Right. And he's going into year four now. And Coach Shankweiler has said kind of every year, 
we're getting better we're getting better and finally this year he, they thinks he's got enough there and that, that's where it starts right you guys up front yeah i mean everything starts up front man you got to control the line of scrimmage whether that's on offense or defense and as an offensive unit you want to be able to go full tilt and not worry about you know getting hurt or anything like that and having a guy that can rotate in i mean obviously you don't see it that much but sometimes you know you get blown and you got to bring somebody else in and on defense man having dealt there that's huge because as defensive players, man, you got about three or four plays that you can give everything you got. And after that, man, you're spent. So having somebody that can rotate in and not only just be a body there, but somebody that can actually still make plays, that's huge. We mentioned earlier your brother-in-law, C.J. Wilson. You married a sister. And then if he invited you out to practice or if Coach Houston invited you out to practice, what, what is Willie Smith going to do? If he's standing there as a casual observer, they didn't tell you what to do. What are you going to watch? What, what are you looking for the most? Yeah, well, for me, obviously, man, coming from the O line, D line, that's that's what I'm looking at because as an offensive unit, man, if you can run the ball, you can you can have a great chance to win the game because if just imagine the other t- other sideline, man, they they got a really good offense. As if your offense can run the ball and keep you know possession of the ball for a longer period of time, that's going to give you a better chance to win the game because you're keeping that explosive you know, offense off the field. And defense, man, if you can get off the field and get the ball back to your great offense, then you're going to have a great chance to win the game. So I'm always looking at the O-line and D-line when I'm watching the game. It reminds me of when I talk to guys, Philip Henry, others that played here, when they play against Navy and they're sitting on the sideline all game, right? kind of just looking at the scoreboard. <laughs> there ain't nothing to do when that, right. that team's got the ball 10 minutes on right. the field. Like what, what do you call it when you play basketball and you make it, you get it back? Just make it, right. take it, make it, maybe. take it. Then yeah. you, right. you never get the ball back. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's bad. Willie Smith joining us. Uh, Willie, how about uh, this East Carolina football team? How much are you able to, to follow the Pirates these days, and, and what do you know about the, uh, the Pirates in 2022? Yeah, man, I'm really just now starting to get back into watching the Pirates, man. And, uh, you know, a big part of that is my nephews play for the teams, um, Zakai Wilson and Zion Wilson, and they're on the O-line and D-line. So I'm watching them, man. I was at the scrimmage this past um, past Saturday, man. And the defense, they looked really good early on, man. They was, you know, they was playing lights out. And then the offense started to pick it up and start to put a couple of drives together, man. So I, it seems like we're going to have a really good team this year, man. People always go to a scrimmage and, like, the, I, you know, I've been to a, a ton of spring games and stuff. But as a player right. and as a former player, you say you went to this scrimmage. How can you really tell if the team is is, is good or not? Well, that's, that's really hard to gauge because it's not – like a live game, so it's, a, it's, a, it's really scripted a lot. But, I mean, just seeing how the, the guys are flying around on defense. Are they running to the ball? I mean, are they giving that extra effort, right, on defense? And on offense, man, are the guys picking up the, the stunts that's happening, you know, the blitzes that's happening? Are they able to run the ball and, and not get stopped in the backfield? Um, are they protecting the quarterback? Watching those little things right there, man, gives you a good indicator of, you know, what the team is going to do that year. Willie, you're about uh, 15 years too old. If you were younger, you could have got those NIL deals and all the things right. that the kids are doing now. So, right. uh, What do you think about the changes in the sport uh, on the field and really off the field since you've been away from college football? Yeah, yeah, man, that's 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 definitely different. I mean, you think about the bigger programs, how they got a huge advantage because of all the marketing dollars that they can give to a, a certain kid where a smaller university like ECU that's is growing, but you can't compete with an Alabama, somebody like that, with the kind of money they can bring in. So I really feel like it's unfair, but at the end of the day, as a player, I would like it because I'm, I'm actually being able to make some money. Would you rather go to Alabama and have a bigger NIL deal or come to a different school and have more play? Time. Man, I want to play in time. I want to play, you know, because uh-huh. I mean, some guy, think about it, man. One of my buddies, man, uh, DJ Fluker, he played with uh, Alabama. 
right? And he was a great player, but he didn't really get to get on the field to almost his senior year. Junior and senior year, so you think about it. Yeah, those schools are great, but man, if you want to play, you got to go somewhere where you're going to have an opportunity to play right away. What was your uh, recruitment like, Willie? Uh, what other schools were after you? How'd you end up at, at East Carolina? Yeah, man, so um, a lot of D2 schools were after me. Um, Virginia Tech was after me, and um, UNC was after me. And um, the biggest deciding factor was me. for me was uh, Skip Holtz and Donnie Thompson, man. They came to my house. They came to my practice. Then they sat on my couch and said, look, man, we think you're going to be great. You know, come, you know, come to ECU. And that was all I needed to hear. That was all I needed to hear, man. <laughs> Signed him up. When did you make the move? You, you went from defensive side of the ball, tight end to O-line. So yeah. how early on in your career in Greenville did you start making those uh, position moves? Yeah, so I registered my first year. Uh Freshman year, defensive end. Um, sophomore year, D-tackle. Then they made the transition to tight end, and then I was a tight end and moved over to offensive line. They said, wow, man, this guy can really block at tight end. So they said, let's make him a, a lineman. And, you know, that's when I, I became a lineman, and, you know, one thing led to another. And who knows, if we didn't have Jay Ross and Linville and CJ and Scotty right. and all them guys, you might have stayed over there. That's but right. They, that's they right. found a spot for you. Right. How, how big of an adjustment? Because you were one of the, obviously, maybe the biggest kid at your high school North Johnston right yeah, yeah. Uh, versus coming to East Carolina where there was more people <laughs> like like your size right. uh, here in, in helmets and pads how, how big of a difference was that yeah no that, it was um my, my freshman class man I came in I was 6'6 225 pounds and all the guys around me said, man, he must be a tight end. I was like, nah, I'm a DN. They're like, what? DN, man, you light, you know? <laughs> so it, it's definitely an adjustment, man. Like, the guys are just bigger, the guys are stronger, and the guys are faster. You know, that's that's the biggest difference. Bryce Williams will join us in the uh, 5 o'clock hour, former ECU tight end. He talks about how he struggled putting on weight. He was so slim. They called him Slim 80 because he was so skinny. Right. He said he'd set alarms to eat peanut butter at night to just keep food <laughs> wow. going. How about you trying to get that weight up? Was that a was that tough for you to do? Nah, man. Um, it wasn't for me because I, I was, you know, training all the time. And, uh, man, we had these Gatorade shakes. And I would drink them in the morning. I would drink them at lunch. And I would drink them before I go to bed. And, man, I put on 40 pounds of muscle my freshman year. Wow. Yeah. 40 pounds of muscle. I haven't done that in my entire life. How much? <laughs> <laughs> how many pounds of uh, non-muscle did you put on your freshman year, Cliff? Oh, uh, easy 40. That's, that's nothing, Willie. Uh, but yeah, that and it's kind of everybody's different too. We talk about uh, Bailey Malovic, who's a tackle on this ECU football team, struggles keeping weight on. Noah Henderson struggles keeping the weight off. So like, right. everybody's kind of fighting different battles. It sounds like. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. There's there's different body types, and you got to take care of yourself. You know different kind of ways and it all comes down to what are you eating at the end of the day how you eat right and when you're eating right which is in. the importance of right. uh, training tables and other thing they're really trying to implement across college football right 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 and i imagine when you got to the nfl yeah. that your nutrition your diet your sleep habit i mean because if you were just what you were just saying is that someone's yeah. trying to take your job every day right it's uh you know and you see the guys in the nfl that go out and party and and, right. and do a lot of things uh, yeah i imagine i don't really pictured you as the uh, party type for yeah, in the National man. Football League. No, man. I was the guy that, man, I, I got to make sure I ate everything right, got to drink enough water, drink enough Gatorade, and be ready to go because, man, every day I had to work. Like, right. the guys you see doing all that stuff, they got that guaranteed money, those huge contracts. I was the guy that had to scrap every single day, man. 
How did you do housing when you were in the NFL? Did you just, I mean, did you find an apartment? Did you ever buy houses where you were? I mean, because yeah. well, you, you did move around a lot. Right, right. I mean, and knowing that you don't have a huge contract, it's, it's really rare to see a guy go and buy a house because he don't know if he's going to be there next week, right? So I've, I always rent it wherever I stayed at. You know, now looking back, where the market has gone, I wish I would have been buying. <laughs> now, the, real estate Willie Smith <laughs> would have been advising offensive lineman Willie Smith. You would have, you would have built your uh, real estate right. portfolio during that time. That's right. That's yeah, right. Hey, maybe that's a new side gig for you, telling the, uh, helping these guys out yeah, that are yeah. getting these contracts. And I guess there Absolutely. were times you were on the 53-man roster. Were there times you were on the practice squad, too, or were you always on the, on the main roster? Yeah, I, I was always on the main roster. And I kind of wish that my first year instead of getting on the roster that I, I took that practice squad, squad year just because it gives you more time to develop and, and continue to, to craft your, your game. Um, but no, I never was on the, uh, the, the practice squad. How hard uh, are NFL practices? Man, they're, they're very challenging. I mean, think about it, man. You're taking the best of the best of every single college, you know, in the nation and you put them on a team. So, you know, at ECU or uh, any college program, you're going to have the good guys and you're going to have the middle tier and then you can have the guys that, you know, they're just barely on the team. In the NFL, the first guy is good, the second guy is good, the third guy is good. So there's no breaks. Everybody is freaking good. So you can imagine how hard the practices are but with everybody being that good. One of Clips' heroes is uh, Daniel Snyder. Did you ever get a chance to, <laughs> to, to hang out with him or, or, or meet him when you were in Washington? I... <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, nah, never, never hung out with him, man. Yeah. He signed a check or two for you. Yeah, right, right. So that, that's, that's a good right. thing. Clip uh, does not, not like, a big fan. Not a big of, fan uh, since he ruined his team. Right, yeah. right. So right. Uh, hopefully he'll sell it here eventually. How about the name uh, Commanders as a former Washington Redskin? Is that what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean it's it's still hard for me to say Commanders because. <laughs> I mean, when somebody say, who you play with? I play with the Washington Redskins. I think I said it earlier in the show. I play with the Washington Redskins. I can't get behind the commanders, but obviously I got to learn to, to love it because that's, yeah. that's the new name. But, yeah, I, I, I can't get with it. So you were with uh, Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan, uh, mm-hmm. coach there as well. That right. was, that wasn't the staff. Was uh, was that McVay and LaFleur? Were they on that staff or was that yeah. after you would nah, group? They, so they those guys. Yeah. And now they're like the top head coaches in football yeah. 10 years later. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how that works, right? Yeah, no, nah, that, that, that's crazy. They were just young dudes back right. then, I guess. Right, yeah, young, young whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're talking about the Rams won a Super Bowl, the Niners right. and Packers uh, right. right there at the top of the NFC. Yeah. So who – we were talking, I think, during the break. You, uh, you don't really have a team. Did you root for a team growing up? Did you have a favorite NFL team? That's the craziest thing, man. Like, I didn't care much about football. I was the NBA guy. You know, I wanted to go to the NBA. And, you know, my, my high school coach finally convinced me to go out because he said, look, man, you're 6'6 right now. You're a point guard in the NBA. And I was playing power forward center in my high school because, you know, I'm the big guy there. And then he said, 6'6, you're D1 right now. And I was like, wow. Yeah, okay, that's enough to go out there. And, you know, so that's why I don't have a team. Right. Okay. So who was your basketball? Who were you watching? Uh, let's see. What are we talking? Mid-2000s? So yeah, LeBron yeah. and yeah, man, I, I was I was a Lakers fan, man. Okay. Lakers fan, man. I was, I was I wanted to be Shaq dunking on people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any good memorable dunks? Oh yeah, man, a lot of drop steel dunks, man. A lot a lot of drop steel, man. <laughs> so how good were you at basketball? Like, I was pretty good, man. Yeah. And like I said, I the, my biggest factor is man, I couldn't handle the rock like I needed to to be six six. I should have been able to handle the, the ball a lot better. But man, in the post though, I, I I can give you that work. And I guess even back then, I mean, we're talking seventeen years or whatever. But like back then, it wasn't as important for a, guy, a big guy to handle the ball. Now, if you're you know six six can't dribble, they really right. don't have a lot of use for you. Dude. Man, this guy's six ten out there handling the ball. It's crazy. Bar. 
it is crazy willie smith joining us uh willie looking forward to our chats on tuesdays breaking down some games and uh talking pirate football we'll talk uh we'll talk some nfl as well uh throughout yep. the year too I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh the season coming up i think i heard you tell ellery you're not a fantasy football guy either right no no if you were who uh i don't know who's the who's the number one quarterback in the league right now Man, that's that's a tough question, man. The answer seemed to be Mahomes, but I feel like Josh Allen kind of crept up on him last year. Yeah, nah, yeah, he definitely did, but it's it's hard to rule against Mahomes, man, with how how talented that guy is. East Carolina, NC State, creeping right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, what 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 is just your hunch on that game as we sit here, you know, less than twenty days away? Well, they're, they're coming in like, like number thirteen, right? Number thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, to me, I, I'm hoping that the guys go out there and and just hit them in the mouth you know because if you could be physical with a team i don't care how good they are man that everybody feels that right and they just come out and play a strong game man and 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 being in that in the fourth quarter if they could be in the game in the fourth quarter we got a chance but if we get you know you know ran over in the first half it's going to be very tough man is that what y'all did i mean you were on the team that beat west virginia and, yeah. and dominated that uh ranked team that come right. in here with pat white and right. uh those guys i've never seen a more dominant performance from an east carolina football team yeah. you talking about hitting someone in the mouth and right. then never letting up i mean right. i mean i've kind of feel like it's gonna be hard to duplicate that performance but yeah. that, that's gonna be kind of the the mindset for this pirate football team on saturday september 3rd yeah and i'm glad you said mindset man because that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, you got to believe that I don't care who's lined up in front of me, he don't stand a chance. And when you're approaching with that mindset, you got a chance to win every game. Willie Smith joining us. The other night I was talking to Brian North about two sport athletes at East Carolina LRB, and we brought up uh, Domain Duckett. Kevin Monroe was on the baseball team. I don't know how much he played, but he was on there. But uh, John Moody asked, uh, did Willie ever consider double duty at ECU football and basketball? <laughs> you ever try to get out on the court over there? Nah, nah, man. I was all in on uh, football, man. All in. Did you, Did you? I mean, I know you probably weren't supposed to, but did you ever have any nice pickup games <laughs> while you were here at East Carolina University? Look, since I'm not there anymore, yeah, we had some good pickups. <laughs> did you dunk on your football teammates? No, no, no. I didn't dunk uh, on anybody, man. We, we was playing and just had to wreck with every other body. I, did. <laughs> I got you. Willie, uh, thanks for hanging out, man. We'll keep doing this on uh, Tuesdays. We enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Man. And do you want to, uh, once again, tell us what you're up to? Yeah, tell people how to get in touch with you if they need some uh, real estate help. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, realtor here in the market. If you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, residential or commercial, you can just give me a call. My cell is 252-258-8168, 258-8168. Willie Smith joining us. Ellerby, we'll uh, see you next Tuesday as well. We'll be back. And right now, we're going to open up the booty bag and give away a Paps Blue Ribbon 12-pack. It is Tailgate Tuesdays. Pirate fans get stocked up for tailgating season with PBR at your favorite retailer. Look for the QR code on the PBR display and register for a chance to win a PBR cooler full of beer. Game day or any day, all Pirates prefer PBR. So call in now, Shirley. You want to go call her what number? Five? Call her five. 317-1250. You'll be a winner of a PBR 12-pack 21 or older. We'll be back with more Pirate Radio Live after this.
listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party presented by Bud Light on Thursday, September 1st is approaching fast and tickets are on sale right now for only $10. 100% of the ticket sales will be donated to these four local charities, SportWorks Ministries, Riley's Army, Daughters for Dads, Heather Ann Pertee Scholarship Fund at the ECU School of Nursing. The Pirate Radio Football Kickoff Party will also feature entertainment by America's favorite 80s tribute band, The Breakfast Club. Plus, the world-famous Budweiser Clydesdales will be on site for a photo opportunity. The place to be to kick off football season is at the State Theater in downtown Greenville for the best party of the year. Go to PR927FM.com right now to get your tickets before they sell out. And we'll see you on Thursday, September 1st. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, great to have Willie Smith join us on the program. We'll talk to Willie every Tuesday. Break down uh, East Carolina football, talk some NFL. So it's going to be fun to have Willie Smith here. And uh, we welcome in another athlete to the Pirate Radio Studios, former D1 recruit at the long snapping position, Chandler Honeycutt here. Chandler, always probably cool for you to have another athlete around the uh, studio, right? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Clip. And yeah, absolutely. When another athlete walks through these doors, it's like, man, it's refreshing because we don't have a lot of athletes here. We do have Shirley. He's a big softball player. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great to see other fellow athletes. I saw y'all were dapping each other up and uh, talking about some. I said, hey, Willie, Willie, what's going on, man? It's good to see you. Yeah. Good guy. He talked <laughs> yeah. He talked about some of the guys he had to block, JPP, Dwight Freeney. Oh, man. Who, who, were, some, <laughs> who were some of the toughest guys you had to block? Dan, uh, guy, <laughs> guy went to Hopton. Uh, <laughs> old Johnny uh, Brown, Bill, uh, Bill Smith. Bill his, Smith. His dad owned a, a gas station. Yeah, but man, he was built like an ox, and he was hard to block. Country strong. Country. St- In fact, his nickname was Big Country. <laughs> Everybody's nickname is Big Country. Yeah. Um. By the way, do we have it? Hadn't had a long snapper update. Uh, First of all, East Carolina, fall camp. Uh, what's going on at the long snapping position for the Pirates right now? Uh, as far as I know, Alex Harper, uh, transfer from uh, North Carolina Central. Um, I believe he is a sophomore. And, uh, of course, Slay Roy. And a lot of people probably don't know who Slay Roy is, but he was a true freshman last year for East Carolina. Started every single game for ECU last year at the long snapping position. Was a fantastic long snapper. Very impressed by the true freshman. Uh, but he goes and enters the transfer portal. We never see long snappers enter the transfer portal, but I know why he did because, well, he's going to the SEC. He joins the family, family. at LSU, joins Brian Kelly's ball club there. So the Pirates were, you know, kind of slim there at the, uh, the long snapper position. They get a guy in Alex Harper who has uh, got some starting experience for the Eagles, for the North Carolina Central Eagles. And so he comes in here, and uh, as far as I know, he is the number one guy. And uh, might even talk to him come up coming up on Saturday at Media Day. You think he'll be there? I hope so. All right, you if, got. If he's not, that's fine. But if if he is, I definitely want to talk to him. I, I would love to hear that interview. <clears throat> a long snapper, It'd be like you know Peyton Manning interviewing Kyler Murray, like a, a former long snapper talking to a guy of the future. Type <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it would be like. Well, you and Peyton both have big heads. So. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. <laughs> and you're good on camera. At least, at least my forehead's not big. Uh, 
don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because you're the whole the whole apparatus is big. What size hat you wear? Oh, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Really? I usually wear fitted like the stretch hats. Ah, okay. That's all I can wear. <laughs> good deal chandler honeycutt joining us inside the pirate radio studios coming up we've got brian bailey joining us at four o'clock we got a lot of audio to get to we'll uh save a lot of that for hour three when bryce williams is here surely uh do you have blake harrell ready to go uh we can uh, get some coach harrell comments from yesterday as uh he was asked first how the scrimmage went on saturday for the defensive guys uh, scrimmage is good. You know, I thought we, you finally add a lot when you go out and you go live situations. Um, you know, sometimes in practice when you're sitting there, you, you can say you're kind of holding each other's hand and you're kind of saying, you know, if somebody gets lined up wrong or it's controlled, right? Practice is in a controlled environment. You put them in a game situation, scrimmage situation, and you kind of find out, hey, where we need to go back to work, where we need to improve. And then you also find out some guys about some guys that you know that flash a little bit, and hey, we can count on this guy for game day, or we got to go back and work this situation. So it was a good day just to kind of go evaluate ourselves, see where we're at, and see what we need to work on, and see how much we need to improve going forward, and get ready for September third. All right, I asked Coach Harold this question when he joined us uh, a month or so ago, and let's get an update on that now that we're in fall camp. Uh, the part of balancing, adding new things, uh, new wrinkles, and also perfecting what they already do and uh, he talked about that yeah it's just talking to the guys about that last night we're, we're going to cram our whole playbook our whole package in, in in fall camp so right now they got a lot on them and we we had some misassignments on saturday and some of that is because of the load they have on them and then each week we'll we'll refine hey what we're taking in these game plans so we may install something in uh, you know preseason camp here that we don't use the week five, week six, week seven, but it's going to be important. And we tell our guys how important that is. It could help us go win a ball game, uh, you know, in overtime against Memphis and some things like that. So we'll keep working it and keep installing things and keep having a few tweaks here and there and adding to it. And, and you're always adjusting. You're always being innovative and trying to stay on top of the game. The, the minute you don't, the minute you say, okay, we're good with what we have, uh, somebody can take advantage of you. Offenses are too good just to sit there and do what you do. So we always got to be changing, evolving, and moving forward with our defense. Pirates lost some veterans, uh, a few on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at Bruce Bivens, Aaron Ramsour, Warren Saba, and, of course, Jaquan McMillan at the corner position. Glenn asked Coach Harrell how the transfer of leadership has gone on the defensive side. Yeah, we, we've had some guys leave and, and miss Bruce and those guys that left us, Warren Saba. You know, we had some really good players that left, but and Jay Mack. But, you know, the guys that are here, they've been playing. I mean, ever since I, I've been here, Xavier Smith has, has been a starter for us, Miles Berry, Jeremy Lewis, uh, Tegan Wilt, Jairo Wilson. You know, I'm not giving you any new names that you don't already know about. So those are the guys that have been in the system. They've been with us. Uh, I, I just read a quote by Coach Houston talking about changing the culture, and those guys really have, and, and they their core values. And, and, and same thing defensively. You know, what he talks about our program is having to force defensively and just – Really proud of those guys, and those guys will tell you, like, it's no longer – the expectations have changed. The, the goal, the standards have changed, and they're wanting to take it to the next step. You know, it's not just coaches pushing them, but it's coming from internally, and that, that's really special. All right, a guy that uh, these coaches think can come in and play right away is Chance Bates, who is a uh, grad transfer, and Coach Harrell is familiar with Chance and uh, is a fan of Chance. Uh, cut four, Charlie. Chance has been awesome. Um, you know, obviously I had the, the opportunity to work with him before, and he was, he was a special player at Kennesaw and did a lot of good things there. 
and he's came here and he's an older kid. You know, it, it, something to be said for older guys. And, and Chance is playing like an older guy right now. He's a fifth year. Uh, Pretty Washington's another guy in that same boat. They're both fifth years, and it's nice to be adding older guys who are an already older defense that can come in. They're ready to play. They don't need a you know a couple ball games under their belt to to get into it. They already know what it's about, and they've had a lot of snaps on the game. So that's that's uh, a good feeling. All right, Chance Bates, uh, an example of a new face and Washington uh, new faces that are older veterans how about some new faces that are younger guys uh, on this team Blake Carroll highlighted a few of those uh you know the the, the guy that stood out today that, that kind of I was really proud of was Devin King you know he was the free hitter one time come up and made a big play uh it's probably a name we don't talk much about but just came up and showed like hey and every time a guy does that like Josiah Robinson was one on Saturday that had a big day you know JR and, and every time a young guy does something like that you're just like okay now here's here's a guy, another guy we can depend on on game day. Here's another guy we can count on to make a play on special teams. Maybe we want to put him on third down and go pass rush. So, you know, those are guys just adding to what we've already built and the older guys. So just really proud of those younger guys coming along like Devin and like Jr. Blake Harrell joining us and uh, Chandler. You just wonder how many like we've heard a lot of names, individuals' names from Coach Houston, Coach Harrell, and we'll hear them later from Donnie Kirkpatrick. How many of these guys are? you know players for the future how many of them are impact players now yeah 2022 uh, i'm anxious to see how it all unfolds on the football field and and what guys will be talking about coming up september 3rd yeah absolutely right off the bat when you talk about this defense i'm very excited about the experience that he has he spewed off a few names there with xavier smith you have jeremy lewis and some others that have been here a while malik fleming's one of those guys but and even this guy that's coming in chance bates he's got experience from kennesaw state even has experience being coached by blake harrell which is nice but a lot of these guys that we've talked about these younger guys uh, and I'm like you. What's the que- the question is? Is will they will we see them this year? We're hearing a lot of them uh, here in, in fall camp. We heard a lot of about them in spring. Uh, will we see them this fall? And I'm very excited to see them. But if not, that gives them a chance to develop under uh, uh, under uh, Blake Harrell's scheme. So uh, whether we see them this year or in the future, uh, Pirate fans have a lot to be excited about. Chandler uh, David Stahl adding some more long snapper news deep snapper when it comes to east carolina football he says we also have colby garfield a sophomore transfer from charlotte uh he says they're mentoring his son he's a sophomore and a long snapper uh, offensive lineman and long snapper at south cool. central yes sir so colby garfield is a uh listed as a sophomore on the roster so yeah another deep snapping option for the pirates so maybe there is there's a competition there between two uh transfer portal guys so i mean look these even these long snappers are getting into the transfer portal uh have training. you ever thought about putting your name in the portal and seeing if anybody <laughs> takes you yeah i've thought about it a lot no <laughs> i have not why not just do it what's the worst thing that can happen I, I, what's the process like i guess you go to state and then snap against ecu september 3rd <laughs> hey, would, would you do that wouldn't that be crazy would you do it uh mm. that answer is yes if you got to think about absolutely it. and you should absolutely yeah. you should absolutely should you snap one over the punter's head maybe do it on purpose yeah that's the whole plan the whole uh all along sabotage we got a guy on the inside a man on the inside chandler honeycutt uh by the way david if your son wants to get some other um mentoring done maybe you're already doing this not me i don't know not me not me but chris rubio rubio long snapping look him up rubio long snapping 
r-u-b-i-o look him up he's got camps all over the country um and uh so check him out and you can i know they have uh camps in charlotte at huff high school so check them out he's a big help and so. uh your son could be just like chandler honeycutt one day yeah doing radio <laughs> <laughs> you should do uh you should have your own football camp for long snappers because i've seen your video you look legit i mean you are legit you know what you're doing i just i always wanted to come to ecu so i just i kind of bit the bullet and said let's let's go you retired from football well, I didn't. I, I came to ECU with still. I mean, I was snap. Yeah, but you could have made it at Campbell or somewhere. Yeah, could have been on the team. Played for Mike Minner. Played for Pat I White rather, for a few months. I would rather be here at East Carolina and not make the team than be miserable at a school that I've been playing football. I hear you. You're a true pirate. I'm a true you just pirate. Just don't have that dog in you. I just don't have that dog. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Brian Bailey will join us on the other side. We'll talk about week one high school football also nfl ecu a little bit of everything with double b brian bailey hour two pirate radio live we'll be back with you after these words You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Unique Custom T-Shirts, apparel or promotional items for your business, organization, or event. Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at UniversitySportswearENC.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, the Chan Man here. Willie Smith joined us hour number one. He'll uh, be joining us on Tuesdays throughout the football season. Also, every Tuesday will be PBR Paps Blue Ribbon Tailgate Tuesday. So make sure you're locked in every Tuesday. We'll be giving away some PBR. Arr, PBR. Right here on Pirate Radio Live. PBR. Right now, we will head out to the Pitt Electric Live Line and talk to WNCT Sports Director, the host of the Brian Bailey Show, the host of Touchdown Friday, the guest on this show, the guest on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, guest on the High School Huddle with Morgan Ehlers, MC at a lot of local area events. He's not dumb like some Cowboy fans. He is Brian Bailey joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Double B, how you doing today? Not too bad. How are you? Doing great. And uh, I'm hoping this interview goes like your show yesterday. Well, I don't really have to talk a lot, and my guest does all the talking. So you take it away, and I'll just sit here. I tell you what, you got to like guests like that. I love <laughs> Caresco. I love Skip Holtz, both of them. And uh, it was really fun to have those guys on and just uh, kind of pick their brains, especially Mike Oresco, when, when you're talking about you know, realignment and what the conferences are going to look like. And, you know, it's it's a scramble almost every day. I was really intrigued by his answer when I asked him about, you know, did you see the move from USC at UCL? Yeah. Did you like the rest of us? And, and he said, no, I was working in my office and saw something come across. And I was like, wow. So, yeah, that's what we got right now. 
that's uh that's pretty wild bailey that that came out the way it did and because you always hear a source come out or that something that you know some rumors some smoke from the fire that we can't see yet and and in that case it just popped out and uh, to find out that mike oresco kind of although he, i think he did say he told somebody uh one of his staff members that he wouldn't you know be shocked if uh a usc or ucla decided to to make the move to the big 10 but uh he had no inkling that it was going to actually happen so yeah you're right that was kind of surprising yeah and, and the whole thing i mean it goes back to the college football playoff i mean they were so close on expanding it and then the pac-12 and the acc balked at it which was you know and i don't know all the specifics but to me at least from what i know I just don't understand why they would do that. And then Pac-12 is suffering for it now. I mean, they, you know, I think had it stayed the same, UCLA and USC may have still gone because the money's so big. But still, uh, what you want is an avenue for your teams to get a chance to play for a national championship. And, and that's really what Mike Oresco's fighting for. I thought it was interesting, too, when he talked about, you know, it's not the power six that he's been trying to get. Now it's the power two. I mean, it's the big two. And the rest, everybody else is trying to scramble. So that kind of puts some of those leagues that thought they were better than the rest of the leagues, you know, in the same boat. Yeah, uh, Houston and and UCF and Cincinnati making the move to the Big 12. And, yeah, they'll they'll probably make some more money and maybe get a little more exposure. But it's not the Big 12. It's not the big deal they thought they were going into when that move was announced. Right. I mean, it it changes so quickly. And, you know – and I'm anxious to see when these new teams come in, how the scheduling's going to work. And it's just a shame that we've gone away from the, the, you know, the rivalries and that kind of thing. I think that's what Terry Hahn brought to East Carolina when he came. He said, you know, we're going to play in this league with all these teams from all around the country. We've got to find some teams right here in our backyard that people will get excited about. And that's when East Carolina scheduled the Virginia Techs, the West Virginias, the Virginias. And, and that worked out great. And I think that John Gilbert's got kind of the same mindset. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I, and and I love those games. And uh, in fact, we, I was talking last week when the basketball schedule came out, Bailey. I'd love to say when I win the lottery, I'm going to create the Carolina Classics. It's a, a two-day event in Charlotte, and it's going to be all teams from North Carolina and South Carolina battling out on the basketball court. I, I'd love to see that. And obviously in football, we want to see the same thing, playing the local teams, which uh, I like this year's schedule with – uh, of course, NC State coming to town is awesome, but uh, Old Dominion, and we're going to see them quite a bit on the schedule, uh, but but like seeing games like that uh, with, with area teams. Yeah, I think it's, you know, those of us that went to Norfolk a couple of years ago for that Old Dominion game, I mean, it was fun to go up there. It's two hours to the north. Uh, you know, and any of those games like that, Virginia would be a great, you know, trip to go to Charlottesville to play the Cavaliers. A great trip, and I still remember that Virginia game here, Bailey. That was one of my favorite games to have the Cavaliers here in Greenville, and the Pirates whooped on them that day, and that, that was a fun day. That was a fun day. And it was, and and that's what you get with some of these games. I mean, you know, you're not going to be favored to win all of them, obviously, but you know, just think of the opportunity. Just think of the opportunity that East Carolina has with NC State coming to town. Wolfpack's going to come to town ranked 13th in the nation. You know, they've got all the pressure on them. East Carolina's an underdog at home. And I tell you, that's a that's a good spot to be in if I'm East Carolina. 
Brian Bailey joining us. Uh, Bailey, you were doing research earlier about Washington uh, Redskins commanders losses. So thank you for that. Have you done the research? <laughs> Have you done the research on uh, on ECU facing top twenty five teams preseason four on the AP? top 25 this year on ECU schedule. Is that the most all-time, or uh, have we had more in the past? I would think off the top of my head we've had more. Uh, Back in, like, the Florida State, Miami, those schedules, I guess? 84, 85, 86, yeah. somewhere around there. It seems like there was there was one year, and it was early in my career, but I called it the October Death March, and it was, it was Miami, Florida State. I think West Virginia was in that group. It was like – it was, there were five games that October, and at least four of those teams were ranked, and maybe all five. But it was it was a crazy set of games for East Carolina. So there's probably been more uh, of recent years. Uh, this is definitely uh, one of the toughest, and uh, it, it's interesting the way it sets up. You got NC State, and then you got some games that you got to win because down the stretch, when you get to Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, all those games, UCF, uh, it gets really tough on the Pirates. Yeah, it does, but I think, you know, I think the coaches have, have done a great job of, you know, just, just taking one game at a time, and that's pretty much, you know, what you have to do. I mean, you've got to just look at this thing, and uh, it's, it's the next – that's what they did last year so well, I think. You know, after the slow start and then the comeback win over Marshall, it kind of got to be like, hey, you know, let's just settle down on one game at a time, figure out a way to win this one, and sometimes it's not easy. And it wasn't easy last year, and it won't be easy this year. But uh, somehow, some way, they got to figure out a way to get it done. And man, uh, yeah, Skip Holtz on yesterday, and uh, Skip had such a, a program develop here, the culture, the where he just had the depth and, and guys you could count on, and it feels like Mike Houston is building to that. And Bailey, I don't remember a a positive, more optimistic uh, fall camp than the one ECU's having right now. I mean, Mike Houston's pretty honest with us. He'll tell us if something's going wrong. He uh, he seems very pleased with, with the guys right now and how they're uh, showing up to work. And you know in his first three years, he would come into that press conference and he would say, wow, we weren't very good today. Yeah. You know, we got to get better here. We got to get better there. So he doesn't sugarcoat it. I mean, I, I think that this is a byproduct of having that experience uh, he likes this football team, and you know, like, like he said, I think in yesterday's press conference, you know, we looked at the, the the scrimmage, the first scrimmage. We looked at the tape. We're kind of correcting some things, and I expect us to be a very good looking football team, you know, this Saturday for our next scrimmage. And I think yeah, that's what we'll see. Brian Bailey joining us at uh, East Carolina NC State coming up September third. Excited for some NFL too. Uh, what happened uh, with all those penalties by the Cowboys the other night, Bailey? What's going on? Well, you, you know, it's funny because I'm, I panic like everybody, a Cowboy fan, and I'm like, come on, McCarthy, you got to get that right. And then somebody told me, they said, you know, most of those penalties were committed by people that aren't going to be yeah. in a couple of weeks. So, with that said, you still, you have to find some discipline somewhere. And, you know, I, I don't want to go into another season when you're getting penalized left and right. I mean, they've got to figure that thing out. So, uh, a little concerned about that. Other than that, yeah, I watched some of the games. and I really enjoy watching some of the games where you see some of the starters. Like the, the Panther game, I couldn't watch it live with the uh, commanders, but I had a chance to tape it and I watched it on Sunday. And, I, you know, the first half was kind of fun to watch. See Sam Darnold in there, to see Baker Mayfield in there. That's intriguing, that quarterback battle with Matt Rule. And, you know, having worked with Matt Rule a little bit when he was at Temple and interviewed him a couple of times, I mean, I feel like that, that it, it's just a – I'm interested to see how all that plays out. 
Yeah, that that was actually for how preseason goes an interesting game because Carson Wentz did play quite a bit, but then in the second half you had Sam Howell and Matt Corral uh, going back and forth, and Howell actually played quite well. Uh, Kenny Pickett, the rookie star uh, of the weekend, and he hooked up with uh, Tyler Snead a couple times, Bailey, trying to make that Pittsburgh Steelers roster, and we've seen uh, a lot of clips on Twitter of Snead making plays and was able to catch a couple balls and also get involved in the run game uh, the other night. Yeah, and that's that's big for him because the more he can you know showcase his talent, the better chance he has. I don't know if he has a chance to make the 52-man roster, but I know that, that he's in a battle to at least make that practice squad, and that would be big for him. I mean, you know, he gets on that practice squad, gets a chance to work with the team, gets paid half, you know, pretty well for the first year, and uh, I think that would that would be really good for him to get bigger, stronger, maybe faster, and see if you know he can hook on because we all know he's a great talent. But you know, we have a lot of great talent in East at East Carolina, but. How many of those, you know, with great talent can make it in the NFL? Not many. Yeah, right. Uh, and then we heard from Skip Holtz yesterday on the Brian Bailey Show, won the uh, inaugural USFL championship with the Birmingham Stallions. And Skip said uh, he is in uh, free agent mode right now. He's going to look and see who is cut by these NFL teams, and they're going to try to make their roster better uh, for their next season. But that was kind of interesting when you brought up how Skip has been preparing for a season this time every year for how many ever years, and now yeah. he's like kicked back while everybody else is going full go. It's kind of strange. Yeah, he's got a pretty good gig. He's going to go see Notre Dame play Ohio State on in week one. <laughs> That's the game that we're all going to be enjoying after we finish the uh, NC State East Carolina game on September 3rd. So, you know, that'll be fun for him. And he's promised to come back to Greenville sometime, probably in October. So uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to get him out to the Pirate Radio tailgate and hang out a little bit. BB, looking forward to Touchdown Friday coming up this Friday. Uh, how many games do you hope uh, Channel 9 ha- has a camera on? What, what does the plan say for you this Friday, Bailey? How many games are you going to get to? Well, that's interesting you said that. Because the initial plan that I sent out, we have enough people, we think, to go out and get 20 games hmm. on Friday night. Now, I don't think sitting here on Tuesday we'll get that many. Because I think something's going to happen um, – you know, we're trying to figure out if we have enough cameras. We're trying to figure out if we have enough vehicles. And trying to figure out, you know, make sure everybody can, you know, do what they're supposed to do. But uh, that's the plan right now, you know. So I would say we'll at least get 15 to 16 and maybe closer to 20. And hopefully we'll get all 20. But uh, like I've said before, i got some great help. Ken Wallington does a tremendous job. He's our main anchor. He doesn't have to do any of this stuff. But he likes football. He likes to help out. He likes to do it. Uh, Garrett, my number two guy, he does a tremendous job bouncing around, you know, trying to get stuff. And he's done a great job working with some of the, the new people that we have and trying to help them with the cameras and trying to teach them, you know, because it's a completely different thing. You know, most people can take their phone out and shoot a little bit of video. But with these cameras, you have to white balance. You have to make sure your iris is right and let enough light into the camera. And it's a whole different deal. So. I've been really blessed. At, and I'm blessed that Channel 9 lets us go for 30 minutes on Friday night. Week 1, always special, uh, always a good slate of games, Bailey. You're excited about every one of them. But any matchup in particular uh, you're looking forward to this Friday to kick it off? Well, we got our game of the week is Rocky Mount Tarboro. Uh, we had thought about doing Jacksonville Southwest Onslow, but because of our scheduling deal, we decided to go with the Tarboro-Rocky Mount game as our game of the week. And uh, Rocky Mount beat Tarboro last year. Uh, on Tarboro's way to the 1A state championship. 
Uh, we're going to use that one, and we're going to go with our. We do a rivalry game every week, and this first week we're going to showcase North Pitt and Riverside. And Riverside has Brian Pasco, who does a great, great job as their head coach, and of course C.J. Wilson at North Pitt. So it's kind of an intriguing matchup there. And those two teams used to play every year years ago, but they uh, they haven't as of late. But we're happy to see that rivalry renewed, and that'll be fun. And I guess the weather, Bailey, looks like it might be a nice uh, Friday night for football. It's probably at least not too hot, right? Yeah, it's not supposed to be that hot. Now, the thing that scares us is the the chance of thunderstorms yeah. was listed at 50%, but most days in August, it's about 50%. And so hopefully coaches won't panic and move them to Thursday, which is what we're hoping. But we haven't, as we sit here on Tuesday, we haven't heard of any games yet, but uh, hopefully everybody will try to play on Friday. Bailey, good stuff. Looking forward to Friday night touchdown Friday. You can catch Brian Bailey and the crew there, WNCT Channel 9. He's also the host of the Brian Bailey Show. And uh, you can hear Bailey before the game's coming up on Friday on the High School Huddle with Morgan Aylers coming up at 6 o'clock. So, BB, appreciate your time. You got a million things to do today. Thank you for uh, making time for us. We appreciate it. I got you. I got you in there somewhere. It was fun. Thank you. All right, Brian Bailey joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Pit, Pit Electric. Electric. Your trusted electrical partner since 1981, Eastern North Carolina's premier electrical contractor for the past 40-plus years. Pitt Electric is hiring. You can join the team today by going to pittelectric.com. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll talk fantasy football for the final time with our fantasy local analyst, C.W. Sloan. Expert. He's returning to the uh, classroom to teach the future of tomorrow but uh before he does that one more fantasy football segment before you uh head off to your draft i got a big one coming up next weekend that i'm excited about so uh, we'll talk fantasy football nfl and more when we return on pirate radio live back with you after this listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by first bank together with our customers we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive visit the first bank location on arlington boulevard in greenville for all your personal and business banking needs now back to the show welcome back from sales to service greenville auto world has all of your vehicle needs covered and you can shop at all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net if you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway at Bells Fort and, of course, online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, back with you on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Bryce Williams going to join us in hour three. We'll hear what Donnie Kirkpatrick had to say. He had a lot to say yesterday. So uh, we'll hear some of that and more of Blake Harrell as well as we talk pirate football right now. We will talk some fantasy football. Our buddy C.W. Sloan back in the Pirate Radio studios for the last time this fantasy preview season. And uh, pull that mic up close to you so we can hear that lovely voice that you have. Hello. Thank you, sir. Welcome back. I don't know why I was so far away from you. I guess. <laughs> uh, CW respects the shield. He's wearing the NFL shield on his chest today. We're on my last day for the summer. I thought that would be appropriate, even though we're 
leading into the season and this is my final show for the summer but that's okay we're gonna we're gonna enjoy today's show so uh i have a, a draft a league i've been in for 20 plus years now coming up next saturday and that'll be uh my last big draft of the uh the year what do you have still to go i still have the same draft i've been doing uh, as you said not quite 20 years but it's pretty close so i'd like to say kudos most of the guys in your league still there uh yeah that's pretty impressive most we've had probably we actually have a son of a former owner who is in the league now interesting so that is kind of weird so his son has kind of taken over his franchise and the dad doesn't even come to the draft anymore it's just his son who showed up last year. So that was that's kind of awkward. But, yeah, uh, that's kind of weird. But uh, we're just old men now. But picking. I like hearing them as long as they've been going on because, you know, this never gets old, right? It's, it's going to stay around as long as we have computers and football and everything else. Uh, I remember cool the first time I ever heard of or discovered Fantasy Football CW. I was at mm-hmm. some type of, like, family lunch after uh, church when I was young, when I was a kid. And we went over. It was somebody on my dad's side of the family and uh these older guys my uncles whatever i don't know how i was really even related to them um but they were they had their pieces of paper out and they had pins and this is pre-sunday ticket this is i guess you got two games uh cbs and nbc this was like pre-fox so cbs had the nfc nbc nbc had the afc yeah Mm -hmm. so but they do the uh the school like the updates and who scored and everything and they're sitting around and, and talking about it. And I remember asking my dad, like, what are they doing? And uh, it was like, it's it's fantasy football. It's And it was described to me. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And uh, I didn't start right after that, but pretty soon after that, I remember being in middle school uh, at ECU, bas- uh, at A.G. Cox basketball practice. And before the boys practice, the girls practice. So we're up there in the bleachers looking at the uh newspaper from the night before i hope i wasn't the head coach of the ag cox basketball team okay thank uh, you because uh, it's not far from that time when you were in high school we lost one game while i was there cw we had a dynasty at ag cox but anyway i remember why looking at the box score keeping what looking at our nba players and doing the scores by hand yeah and i, I you know been in love with it ever since it's a true love story cool neat story thank you ellen love to hear it red hot chili peppers all right uh today cw said hey what do you want to talk about i was like i don't know a lot of news going on but i mean we still have (laughs) it'd be nicer if my last show were right around preseason game number three where we start rather than one yeah rather than one but that doesn't mean there's some things that we could predict even if you know there's a a better chance than not that it's not going to come true it's still nice to at least start thinking about these things and making some hot takes because we have some bold predictions yeah we hear stuff all the time on television that everybody can recite you know at this point you know who's you know jonathan taylor top three rusher okay great yeah let's here's something that not a lot of people are saying right now but could potentially they have a path of coming true and then if we hit it we'll come back and relive our glory days here chandler's dying to get in right now so i think me and you should keep talking to see how long chandler will die it's not an important question (laughs) i just wanted to know if you watch preseason week one are you a big preseason guy i am if it's at the right time i'm not scheduling my my days around it but if some if it's on and it's uh especially in the first couple of uh quarters i'm I'm definitely going to put it on preseason game number three in for sure did anything happen week one of preseason to impact the way you think about fantasy football 2022 yes 
Can you tell us? Mm, I, in my hot takes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. boy, gotta save it. Ooh. Gotta save it. See dub coming. All right, hot. so let's do uh, let's do some bold predictions. So I've got I jotted down five um, actually during the show. So I didn't put a ton of thought into it, uh, but they on are on the fly. You're so you're the guy in college who could write the same paper better for than somebody who was on a cup you're on a cup of <clears throat> four or five cups of coffee at starbucks till 2 a.m in the morning it's due at 8 a.m the next day and it, you punch it out i'm the guy that started it a month ago right and pretty much made the same pay we got the same grade maybe i work better under pressure procrastinating yeah, yeah. things like that you are certainly I'm a, the planner. a planner yeah, i have to do that all right so uh you can and chandler you've got a couple Yes, I got you a came over, up with off the cuff. I got an overperformer and an underperformer. All right, coming up in twenty twenty two. Okay. okay. Uh, all right, CW. What is your first one? All right, the one that I think is the 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 coldest of the hots. It's 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 the lukewarm take. I don't think Brees Hall is going to be the number one rookie running back for twenty twenty two in this class. I think there are several players right now. His ADP is in the in the low forties high 30s dropping to the low 40s now that we have some information about Mikel Becton and then of course obviously what's going on with Zach Wilson which successfully his surgery went well today but it, it there's definitely a path where he's not going to be the the highest rusher of all of the rookie running backs and and in fact I maybe it is a hot take I don't know I mean because you're talking about at least three or four rounds before the next running back is taken as a rookie and I do think there are two running backs who could take this title from him one is uh, Tyler Algier from Atlanta, and the other one's Damian Pierce, who I think will be the leading rusher of all rookies. Um, with that being said, do you want Pierce? Yes. And in fact, we were we drafted. I was this close of getting him in our draft, and I passed on him thinking that nobody had heard of him, nobody wanted him, and I was probably going to get him in my last pick. And lo and behold, I believe Glenn maybe snooped him from me right at the last minute so i, I missed out on him jake jake is a texas fan yeah maybe it was jake so you jake, gotta factor jake took that a couple in. players right but uh damian pierce i think will be the leading rookie rusher of this class kenneth walker the second the k-dub two is probably my second favorite out of the group because we don't know how healthy rashad penny's going to play for 17 weeks so you can make an, a case for him but i definitely don't think it's going to be Brees hall who's being taken at least three to four rounds ahead of these guys all right i have a one that involves how hot is that not hot it got a little hotter once you started saying the names of yeah. players that could be the number one okay but just to say Brees hall is not gonna be number one it's not very hot okay but the way he's being drafted yeah it's, it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty far away from everyone else yeah know? okay this one involves a rookie running back it involves my team and my bold prediction is the uh, running back uh-huh. that has the most points with the Washington Commanders this year is Brian Robinson. Wrong, J.D. McKissick. McKissick because of the catches in a PPR league. In a PPR J.D. League McKissick will lead the team. And I was trying to think, all right, how could this bold prediction come true? And I started. I, t- I had a, a fantasy game log in my head of Antonio Gibson, like forty-two rushing yards, two catches, sixteen yards. Brian Robinson, 22 yards and a rushing and a one yard touchdown. And McKissick, 
six catches, 42 yards, puts him in double digits. Like I could see that being a legit box score <laughs> right. for Washington this year. Maybe it's an overreaction to Saturday of Gibson fumbling, or maybe it's going off evidence of last year. Maybe you shouldn't draft a wide receiver to play running back if you're Washington. Yeah, uh, And I do think Brian Robinson is a real thing. I think he'll make an impact in 2022, maybe more so in football instead of fantasy football. Right. But I could definitely see a world where J.D. McKissick is the leading point scorer for Washington, especially and maybe solely, but especially in PPR. I think the only fear I would have in that, and I do like the take, in fact, I had something very similar and I marked it off in fear that you might have a Washington hot take, and so I wanted to leave it to you, but I did have it on something about Washington on my list, and I'll talk about it in a minute. My only fear of the McKissick call is, is he going to get enough touchdowns in order to supplant all those points that Robinson and, yeah. and Gibson are going to get? The catches are obviously going to be there, but, uh, you know, volume and touchdowns are king in fantasy football and so he's only going to have one of the two i don't know that he's going to get both but yeah I and i like to think washington's going to be decent this year and, and maybe can win some games but what if they don't and what if they stink and what if they get behind and what if mckissick's in there he's the in second there half catching yeah. balls sure. and, uh game flow type thing got it all right what's your number two Oh, okay. When I when I go on with well, chandler's only got two he's How only got we two. work him in okay you want to be worked in now or later chandler I mean, it don't matter. You he can tell me to think of exclamation one, point. He told me to end. think of one guy that is going to be overperforming or underperforming, but I have two guys, one for each. I'll stick in the NFC East. How about that? Since you just you came through with the NFC East, okay? So, I actually took away Antonio Gibson's take that I had. So I'm glad you took it. This is this is a little hotter than the one I had with Brees Hall. The Philadelphia Eagles have two running backs, Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders. The Dallas Cowboys have two running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. I think. Both the backups are going to have more fantasy points than the starters this year. Chandler, what's that say? Pollard more mm, points than Zeke. How about it, man? Can we, it we be hot and bold if We're, we but, both came up with the same one? Two in a row, because I, I had uh, Gibson down and crossed him off. But I thought, wow, three of the four NFC run, East running backs, starters, are going to have fewer points than the starters. I, I, I actually firmly believe the other two. Maybe a little bit more so than the Washington uh, take. But I do feel like Kenneth Gainwell, he played in not only inside the 20s, but also as a red zone uh, running back. Miles Sanders is already hurt. I got to so, tell you, I, I'm wrong about a lot. It has never once crossed my mind to draft Miles Sanders ever. And I just, I, I don't, there's nothing there really. The year he came out as a rookie and had one... I don't know how many really long runs that he had. It was a it was a, a a pretty decent year for where you got him in our league. I drafted him and I used him as a keeper. And man, I regretted it because that that was a year that I just you know plummeted in terms of the number of uh, spots that I had compared to being in the playoffs. But no, Kenneth Gainwell is a real threat to Miles Sanders. Let's go to Tony Pollard for a second. I think when we were on the show last week, I just had heard the news how not only were they going to use him more in situational plays than Zeke, they were also putting him in the slot due to the lack of receiving depth that they had. So now you're adding all of those targets to a Tony Pollard who could easily take the number one even when Zeke is healthy as long as you know Zeke is not uh, performing at, at his best. So, no, I, I definitely think this is a real thing for both of these two running backs. And I wonder if we see... Like I guess college copies the NFL, but does the NFL start to college copy in other teams? Like the Niners use Debo Samuel everywhere. Cordero Patterson, you know, the coach took him and said, 
he's he's a, a kick returner wide receiver but he could play running back too we're just gonna get our hey, best athlete and put him in spots and give him the football and not just go traditional he's a running back so he only gets behind the quarterback and right. that's it put him everywhere i wonder if we're gonna start to see more teams do that and pollard's a guy the cowboys could do that with this year right and you see just players who've, who've got an enormous amount of speed like Tyreek Hill. Now, granted, he is a true wide receiver, but think how many different types of ways they use him, even though he's a true wide receiver. It's just a matter of putting the fastest and most gifted athletes on the field, as you pointed out, like in college, and seeing what they can do with it. So, yeah, I love both of these guys beating their counterparts in total. And maybe not. I will say this. I could see Zeke leading more in rushing and Miles Sanders in rushing, but if you talk about f- pure fantasy points, and you look at where they're both being drafted, I think that's the thing we have to also talk about here is how much further both of these guys are being drafted versus the backups. You are going to get a lot of value out of these guys if you get them as your RB2 or 3. All right, let's take a break. Uh, We'll come back. I've got three more to go, and they're all quarterback-related. And I don't know if they're that hot, but I'll get your take on it. Good, I have no quarterback, so that's great. All right. Match uh, is perfect. And uh, we'll hear what Chan Man's got. We'll talk more NFL, more fantasy football when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 58,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, on a Tuesday. Looking forward to the return of Bryce Williams. Get the music ready, Shirley Rhodes. Bryce Williams it's will be here. Been ready. It's cooking. It's in the crock pot. Yeah. It's simmering. Steaming. Uh, Chandler Honeycutt's here. C.W. Sloan here for the C-Dub. final time this summer talking fantasy football. I enjoy these chats, C.W. And a lot I of fun. miss them when they're gone. I like fantasy football draft season more than the NFL season. Than the actual season. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Because my team looks great before it's they actually start playing right? games. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got a few more bold predictions for the 2022 year. I told Chan Man about an hour and a half to go to, to cook me up one or two and, uh, and see what he's got. And he, he came up with a couple. See that quarterback that was just on the screen? Uh, that, My quarterback. That man the is. The one I drafted. He will, be yes. a, he will be a top five fantasy quarterback this year. That is not a hot take. Do you know where he's being drafted right now? I'm mad about all of this right now. Because CW told, and, and I, I shouldn't ask him, and I don't know if I did ask you. So that's not a hot take? Absolutely not. You have to go one step further. I could have kept Jalen Hurts. I didn't. And then CW draft. Now, did you hear what he just said? My quarterback. My quarterback. Not a hot take that he's top five. No. So you like you think you got one over on me? No. Did you sabotage me? I did not. On purpose? I did not. He was available. And if you go back, we even talked about this at Trivia. I'm picking at the bottom end of the round that, that I drafted him. Actually, the top of the round I drafted him in and... and Steve, another guy on our in our uh, 
draft, he and I were choosing between the Philadelphia Eagles, and he had looked at the same guys that I looked at, and I said, hmm, do I take Devontae Smith or do I take Jalen Hurts? I'm going to guess he doesn't take Hurts, and I'm just going to pass. He took Devontae Smith. I was right. I took Hurts. Enough said. That's what I liked. He's being drafted as the around the sixth quarterback. So, <laughs> so the hot take is so you got him one top spot five. Ahead. Oh wow! So this is what you need to change it to top three, two. <laughs> He's either going to be one or two, and, it, and I'll do that. It is very possible with let, his running. Let with, me crank up the heat a little bit <laughs> with the addition of AJ Brown, healthy Brown. Dallas Goddard. He led the he led the league at, at the at that position in rushing attempts. Correct. Rushing yards. Correct. Rushing touchdowns. Yep. Every attempt he averaged seven point three yards per attempt. I don't know if this makes a difference, but it's uh, it still feels like, especially if you're an Eagles fan, because they put pressure on everybody. But like a do or die year for him too. Well, and the question is, sometimes you have to look at the progression of the team. Did Philly get worse or better from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two? I mean, I'd like to hear somebody make a case that they got worse. They made know. the wild card round. Yeah, they were second in the division of a not so great division, and I don't know that Dallas got any better. They're banged up. They don't have a, a deep wide receiving core. Zeke is a year older. They didn't really add anybody on defense. I and this is you know, I said this a, a month ago. I do think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the NFC East, and I do think that team takes a step up and. With Jalen Hurts being a, a top two fantasy quarterback, not an NFL quarterback, but fantasy quarterback makes perfect sense for me. In fact, I almost put that on my list. It was very close. Jalen Hurts averaged 209 passing yards a game last season. Yeah, that not a lot. That number is going to go up, you would assume. So, All right. Uh, I have three quarterback bowl predictions. They're, all these guys are going to be starters. Two-ish of them are being drafted as starters, but I've got one top 10, one top eight, one top five. I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence is a top 10 quarterback. Uh, got new weapons. How good are those weapons? We'll see with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. They'll probably still be losing games. And this is like, you think about the uh, the Jags of old. Was it Blake Bortles? Uh, guys that would have those garbage time points. Yeah. And he was a valuable fantasy quarterback. It's not that bold, but Trevor Lawrence is being drafted right now as the like 18 yeah uh, i could see him squeaking into the top 10 and being a viable starter and he's going to be a lot better uh year two i believe just so not even garbage points weapons he himself is going to be better and uh i could see him having a good year a good sophomore season they put a lot of money into the offense travis ETN travis etn is back hasn't played one down with trevor lawrence you know and an actually effective down if you're not talking preseason last year so you do have a a decent backfield you paid a lot of money for christian kirk marvin jones is still there uh you know evan ingram coming you know that's you know up in the air about how can he reprise what he did his rookie year in, in new york so they have put a lot of money into the free agency pool into the offense you actually have an adult leading the the team as a head coach now so that's pretty uh good to hear as well so they're also in a division i mean you can score on the texans you can score on the titans sure he plays those teams four times yeah titans defense is tough but at the same time no i agree with you that he can he can move out of that top eight or in the top 18 top eight, 17 and and put his, his name all the way in, into the top 10 i could definitely see a path for this all right we're running out of time right. so i'll just go and throw my other ones out yeah. uh, i'm gonna bump trey lance up and i'm gonna put him top eight he is a starter in every fantasy league uh redraft league this year because of the offense and kyle shanahan 
And you're putting him in the top eight. He's top eight. Okay. Finishes top eight. Yeah, he's going right around quarterback seven, eight now, right now. Currently. I got him yeah. 11. Yeah, he's, he's... All right, toss that one out. Yeah. Russell Wilson, uh, top four. Yes, that's my... Oh, yeah, that's doubling up where he's right now. That's great. That is also uh, going to happen because of his weapons and an offensive-minded head coach and a good situation. And in a good... Those uh, are mine. And in a good division where you're going to have to score a lot of points on all the teams. Some shootouts. Yeah. All right. So my next one is Romeo Dobbs. Heard of him? Yeah. He's going to lead the Packers in receptions in 2022. Uh, yeah. And and not only... You might Man. say that's not a really big take, have, a hot take having said that, they did draft Christian Christian Watson in the second round, and so the fact that you have him and Alan Lazard as the as the incumbent and the one that's more than likely going to do it, I do see a path where Romeo Dobbs, as much as they really love him right now, can lead. You know, maybe not in fantasy points where he's got to get a lot of touchdowns, but at least receptions. I think he's going to lead the Green Bay Packers in receptions. ADP right now is one twenty. Um, I don't know about most, but how close could and and Rogers like slinging it down the field, but. How close could Aaron Jones come to being the leading pass catcher for the Packers? Is that a possibility? So last year he had... 70? He had 65 targets. Okay. He had 52 catches. Okay. I mean, I there's no Adams there. So give him 20 more. He could be the leading receiver. Let him have 70. Can... can can he lead with 72? It's going to yes, be close. I think he can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Lazard and, and Dobbs are definitely going to be the two to kind of challenge him for that. But you could see all three of them somewhere in that 70 range uh, and it not be, you know, not be impossible to do. So, all right. That, all right. What else you got? Next one. I think George Pickens, the second rounder coming out of Georgia, is going to be the number two rookie fantasy wide receiver. Number two. How many were drafted ahead of him? There were nine. Seven. He was the 10th receiver drafted in the mid-second round. I think he, with the exception, and I don't know which one I think is going to have the most, but I do. It's either going to be Drake London or Chris Olave. Both of them drafted in the first round, and I can see a path for both of them. But at the same time, I can see George Pickens now not only cra- uh, crashing, uh, what's his name, Claypool's party of being the number two for Pittsburgh behind Deontay Johnson, but I do think... George Pickens could be the number two wide receiver in the right. 2022. He, who's he behind? Uh, you mean in Pittsburgh or uh, so Alave Drake Lund- or London? Al- Alave and London were drafted right around. So it went uh, Drake London one, Garrett Wilson two, Chris Alave three, and Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams is not going to lead because He's he won't hurt. be out till November. Yeah. But if you take those other three guys, I think Pickens is going to take two of them out. And All I right. think he'll be one or two. Chandler, what's your second one? Uh, I don't know. I get this might not be hot. Maybe it is. Javante Williams would be the number one running back in fantasy. That's, that's holy hot. That's yes, very yes. Hot. That, that is, is burning. Uh, that is scorching. Yeah. I need a take for this. I need. I, <laughs> give me the reason for this one, please. I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of my. That's my take. <laughs> I like it, man. Way to go, buddy. Um, it's like lighting a fire just because, you know. Yeah, yeah, and then walking away. Yeah, walking away. That's exactly. I will say this: this is not hot or anything. But if I had a draft today, I would take McCaffrey one over. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, Jonathan Taylor yeah. because of health. Just I, I'm, lack of I'm back health. on McCaffrey. I, okay, if yeah. he plays, he's the number one guy in fantasy. Well, the closer we get to Week One and the and the the, the better he looks, I can. And I haven't see seen that. one thing from him. I don't even know if he's at Panthers camp. Right, but uh, but he's not hurt. That's the key. He's not hurt. All yeah. right, what's your last one? Last one. Dalton Schultz is going to finish as the tight end number two. <laughs> in total fantasy. Now I, I I can't I wanted to say one, but I think the odds of either Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey 
taking it when you consider the fact that Kelsey's been six of the last seven years. Uh, Mark Andrews was last year. Mark Andrews will still continue the role that he has. But if you think about Dalton Schultz's role this year, he is going to be the number two, in my opinion, in Dallas overall. And he could easily have the most targets and catches, maybe not touchdowns, targets and catches than any tight end. Yeah. But overall, for fantasy points, I'm going to say he's the number two tight end in fantasy this year, even though he's been drafted as the number six. Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, With the lack of receivers right now, uh, right there with the Cowboys. Right. All right. Good stuff. Okay. Hot. Bold. A lot of stuff for your draft that you could throw into. And take it on. Take these people. Make people think for a minute when you're drafting these guys. Javante Williams, the number one running back. Definitely the hottest out of our takes. Melvin Gordon's hurt. Williams is taking over. Well, they talked about before, Russell Wilson, top four quarterback. Denver going to the Super Bowl? Is that yes. What <laughs> okay. <laughs> Team could finish fourth in the AFC West. Could be. <laughs> but they could also win the Super Bowl. Look at right. No, they're just going to score 50 go. a game and give up 51. Javante was a top five pick if Gordon didn't re-sign. He was looking at going to Baltimore in the offseason before they re-signed him in free agency. And the talk was that if he went... Javante Williams was going to be in that top five, right there behind McCaffrey, behind Jonathan Taylor, and uh, Austin Eckler. So I could see that if Gordon were to miss a lot of time. CW, thank yes. you for hanging out this summer. We enjoyed it. Enjoyed school. Thank you. Well, uh, we got. We'll talk to you during the season, maybe via phone or sure. something. We gotta, a, we'll get you back on. Have a have a party at the at the man cave at, uh, at my '80s cafe and, and watch some football. We still have a movie to watch. Which one is it? <laughs> You didn't remember. Some 80s movie. Top Gun. Oh, that's right. Top Gun. Y'all better do it before the season starts. Cannot believe you have not seen the original. I know. And I'm Shirley's about to go crazy right now thinking that. Yeah. and She uh, does not like that. Also, when they have that scene that I talked about that one day, you need to close your eyes. The beach volleyball All right, scene? Sure, no. Shirley's actually mad. <laughs> I, he blew we, my mind. Are we talking about Top Gun here? Yes. He... I, so we were talking about the fact that in my man cave I have a bunch of 80s stuff and, and mm-hmm. Top Gun's one of my main posters and he looked at me and was like never seen it killed me killed me I'm sorry I know. dead inside yeah that's like someone from the south looking at me and telling me they've never seen Steel Magnolias <laughs> that's like Can a rite of passage what's that <laughs> oh my well you're not the demographic really so i can almost give you a pass on that but any southern woman who comes to me and tells me they've never seen steel magnolias i I gotta look at you twice i feel like as a kid that older people around me were either watching especially women steel magnolias or fried green tomatoes at all hours of every day those are the staples i know that's not true but that's just how i feel looking back not even close to which one's better, but I, I digress. I don't want to. That's that's a female, more of a female movie. So I get it. It is. But I, but, that's why I'm going to give you guys a pass if you've never seen it because it's not your demographic. It's not something that. But Top Gun, that is in your stinking wheelhouse. Chandler, that's like a Southern gentleman saying he's never watched Gone with the Wind. What's that? No, I, I have seen that. <laughs> you have? Wow. Gone with the Wind? Yeah. Yeah. I have. But I've invited him over to watch it on my big TV, big speaker, whenever he's ready. So. Oh, man. I, the first time. Surround sound? Yes. 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 Oh, no, you have Fire to. I had a, Got it. I had a friend who spent like an, a, just a, a really obscene amount of money t- on surround sound when it, when it was the real big thing at the time. And I, the opening scene where they fire up the engines, yeah, the great. whole room shook. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, it was great. the coolest thing. 
Top Gun Talk. Y'all have fun on your date night. Get some popcorn. And uh, CW, have a good school year. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me this summer. And I look forward to having another show sometime soon, hopefully. Maybe on a Friday afternoon. Okay. Come on, Bob. Okay. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Bryce Williams joins us. Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. We'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick. Got a lot of Pirate football to talk when we return on PRL after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. A combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans is something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, and also back with you, former ECU tight end Bryce Williams. Crank it up, Shirley. Let's hear that I music. Saw the light, I was- <laughs> Baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes I'm born to love again, I'm a brand new man I like you add some bass to it Oh yeah man. Wow, you got a lot of bass going Did, uh, Are you sick? No <laughs> He just I ain't been on the mic in a while, man Oh man, you sound like Barry White in here mm-hmm. mm. Where you been, Bryce? Hey, where you been, man? I've What's been, been going on? I've been south Oh, Ooh. southbound. Southbound. You in Alabama? South of the border? St. Lucia. St. Lucia. <laughs> oh, St. Lucia. I left my heart in St. Lucia. I left my heart in St. Lucia. <laughs> so this was a uh, delayed honeymoon for yourself and your lovely wife? It was. She um, had, you know, after the wedding, and then she, you know, she had our school. Well, this, we did the honeymoon during her break of school. Uh, and so that was the time of year it was so it worked out good scheduling she pretty much sched- she did schedule everything so as she normally does so so she scheduled the uh trip so <laughs> i gotta ask how is the fishing in st lucia i think it's pretty good i didn't get a chance <laughs> to um partake yeah. but i think it's pretty good um so zero fishing huh there's no fishing how i tough? saw fishies how <laughs> tough was that i was pretty restless I mean, it was fun, you know, chilling, relaxing, not really having a schedule. But um, I got like I had to. I worked out three days out of the five, four. Well, Monday was a travel day. Friday was a travel day. So I worked out Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Did you have any uh, fruity drinks? Any umbrellas in the? I drink? did. Well, no, um, actually, no umbrellas. They Man. they didn't. They should. I think there's a shortage some. on those. There might <laughs> there might be. Uh, I had some good drinks. I did. Um, what were they called? You have to get back. I'm going right. to brain. How about, uh, how about food? What would you eat there? Food was good. Of course, they had like hibachi stuff. It was kind of just your normal Americanized stuff. Hibachi. I guess hibachi is not really American. But, you know, I had like a Shogun kind of cooking yeah. your face thing. Then we had that one night, then sushi one night. 
had some primer uh not primer but ribeye there you go um some lamb chops um good deal breakfast was pretty basic and st- you know so it was, it was good all right well welcome back to uh to the mainland thanks it feels it feels good to be back. welcome home. back to paradise yeah. <laughs> exactly it does feel good. this is the true paradise uh-huh my mind's at ease <laughs> good deal and uh kind of cooled off a little bit outside it's not it super hot so you come back and weather's decent yeah it's oh. been nice i wonder if it's gonna stay this way though probably not yeah uh when football season cranks up we'll get yeah. back to those 99 yeah, september degrees. 3rd is going to be a hot one mm-hmm. at noon a toasty yeah. one all right uh let's talk some pirate football bryce one scrimmage in the books we are almost two weeks into camp camp's almost over it ends uh this is the last week of camp That's crazy and then they'll start school and their regular in you know game week practices next week have That's you been crazy. out there at all unfortunately not I, i've been busy yeah um but I, I think about it i'm like dang i wish i could shoot out there and then um this weekend you know i was i was home but i was busy trying to take care of some other things projects um so i'm kind i'm kind of getting um not frustrated but kind of like dang i need to try and get out there because uh, you know i've been to at least one time the past since i've been in greenville to you know one of the camps so I'd like to see it. What do you remember most about those those fall scrimmages? As oh, a the fall squir- the fall scrimmages. Um, those are fun. I enjoyed those. I mean, obviously, even though you've been going against the same guy for you know how many weeks and all that, but talking about the scrimmage, you know, it's a little you know it's, it's more live. Um, you know, it's tackle, so it gives it more of a game feel. You're in Daddy Ficklin. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is exciting. You know, you kind of it kind of solidify you know kind of solidify your spot you know i think by those scrimmages so it's a big deal for guys who you know are trying to uh i guess you know make a name or you know prove to the coaches they can do it did you hear about last week's ordeal where uh, the team got sick they had uh some kind of bug floating around could have been a a food deal like a food Mm. poisoning deal could have been something else but whole nailers was laid out uh we talked to some guys yesterday so we talked to seven guys yesterday i think two out of the seven were affected by it. Ryan Jones, maybe, the, or was it Jeremy Lewis? I can't remember. It was the other. But um, they had to cancel practice last Tuesday. Hmm. They had part uh, participation on Wednesday and finally were able to, to get some pads on later in the week and get everybody back. Huh. So, wow. Uh, that, you ever experienced anything like that no, while you played? I have, no, thankfully, we did not. That would kind of th- throw your groove off, uh, I would think, just a little bit, you know, having you know one no practices and then kind of a participation thing and then i have to get jump started again but thankfully i never had to deal with have that. you have you ever had food poisoning i have it is uh honestly probably like bad like one time yeah okay you don't have to say like where you ate or but have you ever had that food again they gave it to you never that's never that restaurant it was back in davidson county so okay it was at a wedding actually oh so Uh-oh. Whoever came, I'm curious who all got sick. At that <laughs> uh, all right. So, have you had that particular food again, though? Uh, I, I think so. I what kind of what was it? It was like some kind of chicken. Yeah, it was some kind Just of chicken. bad chicken. Yeah, bad. I could, yeah. But yeah, I you know, we never good. really think about it when we're we're eating at restaurants at home. Like you know, this it thing could, could really make me sick. It could. If you're an expert on the grill, though. That's right. It can really make you sick. That's right. Uh, all right, so back at practice now. Things still going good, it sounds like. Let's hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick as he talked about 
yesterday's practice. Uh, Shirley, let's hear cut one. You know, boy, today was a good one. So you caught me on a good day. Uh, we had a, we had a really challenging practice today, and the kids responded to it after a scrimmage. They did have some time to rest Saturday night, a little bit sa- Sunday, so that was good. But they don't always come back like that. Sometimes they come back more sluggish if you give them time off. Uh, offensively, right now, we're we're pretty much like you, you normally are. We're inconsistent. Uh, we got some guys that are really playing well. You know, like in the scrimmage, Keith Mitchell was unbelievable. Raji Harris, he was a great player. Holt Naylor's had the best scrimmage probably of his life, I thought. Uh, he had some drop balls, so statistically it may not have looked that way, but he was the best we, he, he had ever been. Uh, Isaiah Winstead had some really good plays. He did drop some balls, you know what I'm saying? But he showed he's a go-to guy. Uh, Jalen Johnson showed he's a big-time player. He's a big-time player. He made some unbelievable plays. He blocked, which if you get a receiver to block like that, that is a good receiver. Then you really got you got something special there. Uh, Ryan Jones played probably his best scrimmage that he'd ever played. Bailey Malkovic definitely played the best he's ever played in the scrimmage. Uh, Noah Henderson did not play very much. Uh, a little bit, he had a little bit of a sore back, and you know it's camp, so we're we're being very protective of him. So we had a lot of guys that just did outstanding. Unfortunately, we had a lot of guys that made a lot of mistakes in there too, and that's what happens offensively. It just takes a little bit of time to get it going. Uh, our first unit, I feel good about. Uh, the seconds, thirds, and we even got fours now, which is awesome. Uh, it, it got a little ugly, you know, when, when some of that group's in there, not to just slam them. Their mothers will be mad, I guess, but they're not ready to play. Some of them are going to have to get ready to play, though. Uh, we got a lot of injuries at receiver that would be the, the probably the second group, Taji, Maceo, Tyler Savage, uh, Kerry King. You, ooh, it's hard to have that many out and be very good. So it's just inconsistent. You know, you just have to keep pushing ahead. Uh, defensively, we're pretty good, I think. You know, I think Coach would think would think that too. They do a lot of stuff, so it challenges those guys. Uh, it challenged Mason. Mason had some really good plays, but mentally they got him. They fooled him a couple of times like that. I got a really good battle going on for the third quarterback right now. Alex Flynn has come back recommitted and doing a great job had a really good practice today as well so it's good it's good when you got competition okay is that a long enough answer <laughs> uh very long-winded as always yeah. and uh said some uh in there about blocking a receiver and uh that i know that's very important Dwayne harris one of the best well mm-hmm. i think the best football player i've seen in an easy uniform but a, an elite blocker along with the other stuff he did you know hardy uh on the outside on those screens and uh bryce how many times did did donnie talk to you about blocking and how important that was uh as i think that was the everyday occurrence yeah. you know during you know film study during where there's a game or practice block you know blocking downfielders receivers is so important obviously because you never know when a play's gonna break and if you're kind of not sleeping but if you're lollygagging or whatever if it's a run player you know whatever it might be or for a receiver on the opposite side of the field catches the ball and decides to cut it all the way back like we like uh, some of the guys typically did and you're you know thinking the play's over or not coming your way you will get an earful um, of not blocking you know if you get caught not blocking so it is a huge thing and I mean there's several you know uh, situations we've had when I was playing you know how much how um much better that play was when a receiver was blocking 20, 25, 30 yards downfield. Yeah. Um, and so, it's, you know, it's very beneficial to have someone do that. 
speaking of plays and your plays i saw this and uh have not seen you since i saw it on twitter uh this is a coach i don't know if he just posts like random uh let's see creative <laughs> solutions for cutting edge coaches offensive coordinator at a high school in texas but he showed the hide the tight end play unbalanced formation east carolina mm-hmm. taking on is that north carolina north carolina mm-hmm. yeah and so the pirates have a center they have a right guard a right tackle they have a left guard and playing left tackle on this play is bryce williams lined oh, yeah. up there anyway <laughs> two receivers at the bottom on the line and so i, I guess it's a legal uh, a legal yeah. formation yeah and so they snap the ball shane snap you, nobody is around bryce williams you pop out of nowhere he kept, <laughs> so bryce takes off from his position which was on the line of scrimmage and you've got rushers linebackers rushing in there's nobody around bryce in the middle of the field catch let's see what you did that oh <laughs> you hit the uh l1 on uh-huh. him there a little sidestep, break a tie, yeah, and get downfield. I've been so close to so that. So what was, what was that play control. called in, um, in Lincoln's playbook? Ugh, genius. Because I've never seen it. So where was that uh, missing tackle on the left side? Was he uh, lined up on the right side? No, I, I forgot how they did it. How I think a tackle coming oh is that that oh that might have been ike (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. he's lined up ike harris out there as a receiver so uh, that's right he didn't make any substitution but yeah he would just yep that's what it was i remember ike being out there do you remember practicing this and being like what is this i used to be like h yeah i don't know if i can say you were just ready to do it oh dude i tell you coach riley had so many good things for me to pop out and be it, wide open and as you're practicing that as you're practicing that play during during practice you're just sitting there going oh yeah this is going to work oh yeah i mean without a doubt you know it's going to work and that's the heart you know to know you've got to be that wide open and you immediately turn your head around oh yeah like, and like <laughs> i'm there is no one around me oh yeah i mean he said you know be ready because it'll be quick i wish i could score i never scored against carolina very frustrating came, yeah. came close but yeah i was like whoop this little uh, move here, though, man, that's pretty. That was uh, somehow I was able to um, get that move down pat. I guess the juke or whatever. Because I remember yeah. on one, uh, it was actually on that side. If you were going towards the Murphy Center, like SMU, I think I, I feel like uh, it was at least two two guys. I just you know did a little, I guess, pass them, swiped them out of the way, swiped them out of the way. And there's actually some pictures of it I got somewhere, but I know I leased it to two guys. But, uh, Breaking ankles is Bryce Williams. Something about the the peripherals. I didn't have as good a peripherals as I wish I did. But. So this play, did y'all practice it that week, or had that been like something you practiced um, in the past? Do you remember how long you had this one in the arsenal waiting? Yeah, it was. I think it was a fairly new deal um, that Coach Ryan came up with. You know, just trying to you know go back in the memory bank. But yeah, I remember that being kind of a fresh a fresh play. Um, I'm sitting here thinking of some other ones. Yeah, did yeah. you have some that you practiced that you were excited about that you never got to run in the game, or did you run pretty much everything um, you practiced? Yeah, yeah, I think I ran pretty much everything okay. when I did. I wish I could have ran the tight end screen a little more just to get a little more comfortable. With that I only ran that. I remember running that at UConn. I don't remember of anywhere else. Maybe one more time, but I wish we could have done that a few more times because. I feel like if I would have got more comfortable with it and like which way the lines going and everything like that, then uh, maybe I could have broke one for about how, how yeah. <laughs> I used to love Washington running the tight end screen with uh, Chris Cooley back yeah. in the day. It's just such a yeah. 
uh, an easy play to run. How oh, yeah. exciting it must be to be in the offensive meeting room with Lincoln Riley and him come up and say, all right, boys, we got a new play, knowing that it's probably going to be like one crazy play about like that one. Yeah, I mean, it's when they come, I mean, I, I mean that was at least, I mean, at least, you know, a handful of plays that were directly to get me wide open and it. I mean, and it worked. Well, that that one worked. Time. That one, of course, the the Tulsa one where I scored twice and did it on the same play. You know, I'm in the backfield and I act like I'm black blocking the linebacker. You know, just give him a little hesitation and slip and boom, dump pass. I don't. I bet I, I probably scored on that a few times. Um, yeah, that and then of course just being split off, split out and doing the fade in the back you know, in the uh, in line. So. It was it was fun. Part of that. <laughs> Bryce Williams joining us today. Charlotte, let's take a time out. We'll come back. Got a lot more Donnie Kirkpatrick to talk about. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors with Bryce Williams as well. It's all ahead on this Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. They are open in Winterville next to Sam's Club, or you can go online and visit uh, qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Hi, back with you here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Shirley Rhodes, CJ Schaefer, the Chan Man, and Bryce Williams back inside the Pirate Radio studios. Bryce, one Saturday with no college football left. Wow. Because there's a thing called week zero now where there's like eight to ten games scheduled zero no great games uh northwestern and nebraska play each other in dublin ireland for some reason so that'll be coming up in two saturdays haven't they done that before yeah i think uh notre dame Dame played over there maybe against they play navy it was somebody yeah how do you have a week zero like (laughs) play your own schedule so does it count towards anything yeah it's a real game here's the stupid it's very stupid. here's a fun fact for you bryce east carolina was supposed to have a week zero game a couple of years ago the bryce williams bowl the bryce williams bowl east carolina versus marshall in week zero but it got wiped out that was the year of the covid that right so 20 that i wish that would have been cool to see that game yeah dang uh, Marshall back on the schedule when Chandler next year is that part of the non-conference next year I know we opened the year up in the big house next year at Michigan in the is big house wow. versus Michigan uh, let's see Marshall back on the schedule next year September 9th at home so it's mm-hmm. the game after the big house got two uh mm-hmm two games with marshall on the schedule 2023 and 2025 bryce what are you gonna be doing in 2031 <laughs> how do you have something that far out i don't know i met almost 10 years out yeah old dominion scheduling contracts work we play old dominion three years in a row 2028 is pretty sexy stayed at home oh, wow. boise stayed at home at oh Wake wow Forest. at home oh man yeah finally wake forest what in the world? I know. how's that 
not always. I agree. Dang, twenty twenty eight. We need her. We get there. <laughs> Did you? No, you didn't. That was way before That's you. Cool. I love the game. Uh, Bailey talked wow. about it earlier. The little uh, home and home series with Virginia was fun in the oh, mid to wow. late two thousands. Uh, Wake Forest was early two thousands. I remember playing them. Dang. Uh, early to mid. You uh, obviously played Virginia Tech, North Carolina State. State so. and. Yeah, that was it. I think it would have been fun. I would have. Pl- it would have been fun to play Duke. Yeah, I was gonna say. I would love to play all the in-state, you know, ACC teams. That'd have been super cool. Yeah. Bryce Williams joining us. Let's hear more from Donnie Kirkpatrick. Who will be the number three running back? You didn't need one last year, but you're gonna need one this year. Just attrition, the way football works. It was great to have Keaton Mitchell, Rajay Harris all year last year, but you need a number three. Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked about true freshman Marlon Gunn. Here's what he had to say. Well, I think and Martin had a good day today, so that was a good day to have him talking about it too. Uh, he probably has, has moved into that third spot, I think, of after today's practice. Uh, Camaro uh, Edmonds, though, has shown some things. Camaro got sick. We had the stomach virus or whatever it was, and a couple of kids were really sick. He happened to be one of those, so he missed about four practices. So I didn't even think he'd get in there Saturday. I didn't think he'd have the energy to go after being out. He got in there and got about three or four carries. He pounded some some guys that tried to tackle him, caught a ball. So we, we see the talent. He's just so far behind really now knowing what we're doing. Uh, but Marlon's just – he's a big physical back that's got a little bit of a feel for what the blocking scheme is and knows how. And that's what Raji and, and Keaton do so well. I, I always swear Keaton ain't running fast. I always go like, but you ain't even running fast. But he is just so like – with the tempo of the blocking scheme. He knows how to set those blockers up. And Marlon appears to be that type of guy, but but a big guy like Raji. All right, Marlon Gunn, the hype train beginning on him. And we have seen that Mike Houston not afraid to play true freshman running backs. We saw it a couple years ago, a lot with Rajay, some with Keaton. And, uh, boy, this staff, it appears, and we hadn't seen him play yet. I should not get the hype train going too fast. But it appears this staff can really identify and bring in some talented running backs if they're talking about Marlon Gunn, another true freshman, potentially being in the mix this year, it's exciting. Who was those guys when you were here at ECU? That those young guys that were making immediate impacts at the running back position? Uh the f- well, Bryce. I'll say when Bryce was here, we relied on some JUCO guys, some transfer yeah, guys, JUCO guys. The true, fr- yeah, we didn't have in. I don't think we had any true freshman guys. You know, Chris Harrison was the young. <coughs> Was the youngest I actually can think of offhand. Were you he here was, with Marquez Grayson, or was that before Marquez you? Grayson? I thought he was going to be. Oh the yeah, real yeah. Deal. Just um, yeah, he was Davidson County. Figure it out, he, yeah, he was from Davidson County. Um, I think he was probably one of the young. Maybe not. He was young, but I don't think he played as a true freshman. Nah, no. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I think it was really a bunch of our uh, JUCO guys: Coop, um, Breon, Breon, and. Who were all? Those are about the only running backs that are coming to mind. Let's pull up an Chris, old roster. Chris Harris. I love an old roster. What year do you want to look at? Let's see. Let's look at a 13. All right, ECU 2013. I love looking at old names. Me, oh, me too. 13 and oh, 12. So 20, 2011 or 12 was the year where they had Zico Pursuit and uh, the, uh, uh, the DB. Oh, yeah, that might have been 12. Yeah, I think okay. it might have been 12. Um, that was... Uh, What's his name? What's Torrance the DB's Hunt. name? Yep, Torrance Hunt. Because he initially was running back, and then they moved him to DB. 
All right, running backs 2013. There's Kurt Benkert. Look at all these. That's so Marquez Sherrod Pond. Don't know him. You also have Michael Dobson who went to. Marquise Sherrod Ponds. Who's that, Bryce? That sounds familiar. That's your teammate. There's no picture. <laughs> I don't know. That I sounds know. familiar, though. Of course, you got Coop. Of course, yeah. you got Chris Corey, Harrison. Corey was a tag oh. long back. Corey Hunter. Yeah. yeah I remember him. Marquez Grayson. I thought he was going to be the man. Yeah. Uh, he was a freshman. Breon was on that team. Marcus. Marcus. Simmons. John Barnes Smith. Zico. Oh, yeah. Running back slash tight end. Yeah. I remember Zico. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, John Barnes Smith. He had some biceps. But that was a whole lot of coop uh, that year. Yeah. And Harrison, Stephen Igo and I would talk every year about, all right, is this going to be the Chris Harrison breakout year? And it just never came. (laughs) He Uh, had that good game against Towson. Yeah, he would always, like, torch uh, an FCS team. I would be like, this is it, man. He broke one off for about 50 yards in that game. I said, that's the guy right there. I said, that's it. He was good. He was a solid player, just never. Because he got hurt the year before in the bowl game, the week of the bowl game. Yes, yeah. And Breon wore his shirt. No, Breon got hurt. And then Chris Hairston wore his jersey, but I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be the next guy up yeah. at the running back position. Breon got hurt in what bowl game? Uh, Before the Birmingham. Florida? Game? Birmingham. Okay. Oh, yeah. Towards right. ACL. Who was our 2012 running back? Let's look it up. Let's go. That might have been the uh, the Zico. So, what were you doing 2012? I was here. You I were was playing like, or? I was on, like, the travel squad. Okay. I ended up getting moved up to travel squad probably a few games into the year because I we did you know, Thursday night football and if you ball out oh uh, yeah you know all right running backs we got Coop uh, in his first year I guess dang Reggie Harrison Reggie. Reggie Bullock I'm Reggie you Michael know. Dobson Hunter Fur oh my God right. transfer they, from North, North Carolina, Carolina. Yeah. yeah so there you go Michael Dobson they ended up moving him like to safety like real or. Yeah. real soon i gotta tell you like not a ton at running back for this thing it was yeah. it was about uh receivers and mm-hmm. and quarterback because our receivers are obviously playing that receiving core in yeah. 2012 uh oh we got out uh, oh man look at these what? names lance ray right. reese wiggins oh, yeah. Bodie, Bodie. bryce williams oh, outside there, receiver there we go wait outside huh? yeah that's what you're listed Dude, at. Look at that hair. Look at that hair long. Daquan Barnes, long. Jabril Solomon. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Had some big plays. Cannon. Brandon Bishop, big touchdown in the North Carolina game. I know. I remember that. Then Wayne, man. I remember Antonio Cannon. Um, Worthy was there. Good time. Inside receiver, Quante Smyer. Quante Smyer. <laughs> Also, uh, Justin Hardy, oh, yeah, uh, Dwayne's brother, uh, Derek Harris. Derek Harris. Chris Cassiola. Cassiola. Danny Webster. Yeah. Made some plays, but couldn't figure it out. Oh, uh, inside receiver, number 9,999, Calvin Dang. Easter. It's a heck well, of a I number. <laughs> Calvin was uh, a short fella. Man, he was 5'8", like listed at. Yeah. Uh, Justin, oh, Justin Jones, Jones and uh, Dante, Dante Sumter. Sumter. I remember him. Yeah. So there you go. What a fun. What a good little remember. This is called Memory Lane with Bryce Williams. Memory Lane. All right. <laughs> so that was Donnie Kirkpatrick talking about Marlon Gunn. Uh, here's how the offensive line is looking according to Donnie Kirkpatrick. Cup four, Charlie. 
Well, they're as grumpy as they can be. <laughs> if you dealt with Shank, you'd, you'd think I, I should get, make more money dealing with Shank. No, uh, the O-line is doing pretty well holding up. Noah, we're being very, very cautious with. I'd like to think we're being smart in that we're saying it's a long season. You know, you're a veteran. You, you need work, but we don't need to just blow you out in preseason camp because we want to go out there and compete. It gets competitive. It gets competitive with the players. And the offense kids get mad at, at us sometimes like, oh, coach, you know, whatever. And I'm like, but that's not who we play. We're, we're not going to just go out there and put Keaton and Raji in there all the time and just throw it to, to the same guys all the time. We're gonna, we are got to work the other stuff. So be careful with him. But that's giving Parker, okay, a chance to, to really get some work. And he's really impressed us right there. You know, Bailey Malkovich's another one. He played 20 plays. The ones went 40 plays the other day. He got 20 of them. Because we thought there's no reason to go out there and play him all 40 plays. Again, the season's not all in the first two weeks. And it was the best scrimmage he's, he's ever had, probably the best he's played. Now, he's, he's bigger than a house now again, so he's back to the big Bailey. Uh, so they've, they've all held up. Foot was out one day. You know, Avery Jones, man, is he a stud? Deshaun Struthers, they, they ain't missed none. They ain't missed a rep. So we're, we're holding up in there. You know, we just, we just got to get a couple of more guys in the, the younger group. Uh, knowing what to do because you got to have them all. I mean, you, you never have enough. All right, there is Donnie Kirkpatrick talking about the offensive line. Got some uh, reserve help called in from Parker Moore. Also, Justin Red. How is the newcomer Justin Red doing? Cut five, Stroh. Well, Justin Red is the other part of that. That's how why we could play Bailey Malkovic twenty plays is because what we did with Justin Red was we started him at guard and then we moved him out to tackle and he's done outstanding now. He, he, he would have graded extremely well in the scrimmage. He had three mental errors where he just you know, he blew an assignment there because he's, he's been here two weeks. You know, he didn't have spring ball or anything like that. But uh, he's going to really help us. So Parker and we actually have four tackles is what I'd say. We only have like four starting tackles right now, which is really good. Now we need to get somebody to step it up. Ben Johnson has shown maybe he could. We've we got to figure out, if he, is he a center or does he need to be the guard? You know who's the next backup right there, but starting to feel good out the edges. Now we got to get a little better on the inside with depth wise. All right, Donnie Kirkpatrick there. We'll uh, hear what he had to say about Isaiah Winstead. Also, the chemistry between Holt Nailers and the wide receivers, and an update on CJ Johnson. We'll hear that and have more Bryce Williams for you when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles? Tighten and lift your skin. Smooth your skin texture. Erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair. Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. I mean, that, we're watching the internet videos. We're 
back. Charlie, sorry. This dude is at a water park and he's doing like Olympic level dives with no splash. It's crazy. Crazy. Crazy, folks. Crazy. You gotta see it. Sad. You gotta see it. Gotta see it. All right. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to Bryce Williams, who is here, and uh, still got a few more Donnie Kirkpatrick cuts to get to. Uh, Isaiah Winstead, Bryce, I think you're going to like him. I think we're all going to like him. Uh, he seems to be as advertised and could come in and be the guy for Holt Nailers. We'll, we'll see, but let's get Donnie Kirkpatrick's take on the new incoming wide receiver from Toledo. Cut six. Well, he, he's got big-time talent, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he broke a finger out there one day, and, you know, he the only thing with that, he's, he puts a lot of pressure on himself, and we're just trying to relax him a little bit. You know, these, these guys that have one year, man, they're on a different timetable. You know, they're in a hurry. And like I say, he jammed his finger, and it went out of place. And if anybody's have done that, it's as painful as anything you can do when that when it's out. You you think you know you've lost your whole hand, and he was in a panic emotionally because he thought I'm done. I'm done for the season. I just broke my my finger and my hand. And you know, piano players and receivers, you you got to have those digits, you know, and that stuff. So it, you know, they just put it back in place, and you're like, oh wow, that feels a lot better, you know. So, but it's just hey, calm down like that. But he he uh, Saturday, like I say, he he dropped two or three balls, but you know what? It, it, probably anybody else wouldn't have got to those balls. You know what I'm saying? Holton had so much confidence in him, he knew he could throw it to him. But he came back, and he made some plays. He had a really good day today, too. So we're excited about him. Those piano players, they have to have those digits. <laughs> those digits. They got to have them digits. Uh, Bryce, uh, how many jam fingers in your day catching balls? A lot. Let's see. Is that one. Oh it's boy! Broken. Oh yeah, yeah. That God, I think that was with the in the before that. I mean, I, before even I got to the Rams, it was oh my gosh, jam finger, and that's the worst thing because you kind of don't think about. Like it's not a huge deal, but it's enough to uh, just be in the back of your mind and kind of you know um, hesitate just a little mm-hmm. bit. But that that one right there, that was at the Rams, and oh, I am I. Can you move it if it's broke? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I, j- I jammed my finger one time, and I felt like Rambo out there with the tape. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, you t- yeah, there with the tape. Does on. it make you feel tough? Though? Oh yeah, like I, I, like I'm injured, but I'm still going back. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and, I mean, you can't put me down. Oh yeah, because buddy, I mean, buddy taping does help it significantly. Um, you know, when you do jam it, but I have jammed some dang fingers. <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, you get stepped on, your feet. Oh, oh man. Ah. That hurts like crap. Um, I mean, and when you step on somebody else too, you almost feel just as bad when you like when you do it to somebody by accident because it, it hurts so bad. Bryce, with your you know working uh, background and your football background, you should introduce like a steel toe cleat for alignment. That would be nice. Like, yeah, something. But yeah. It's got to be flexible. So what could? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, this, or the toe at least. Yeah, you can figure it out. Short. Let's Shark Tank this idea. I tell you what. Let's go. That's a good idea. Uh, let's hear about the chemistry between Holt Nailers and the wide receivers. There are some new faces, including Winstead, Garner, and Jalen Johnson. And uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick was asked about that. Well, they're they're working hard together. They have a great relationship. All that's going well. Timing, you can see that's not there. There, there are just so many little things that uh you know like with sneed and then when you had blake and you had some guys that were returning that holton is able to do and just check off and make individual 
you know, changes, and they don't know all that stuff yet. You know what I'm saying? They're still in that process. So, so it's a little slower right now being able to maybe take advantage of a blitz that, that Holton can see and he's ready to change the play and then they didn't see the signal, you know, whatever like that. So that's the part we got to work on. Depth of routes, you know, the timing of that is a little bit off. And that, that causes some of those drops because all of a sudden the ball's there a little before they're actually expecting it or they've run the route a little too short, you know, and that's thrown the thing off. So now the timing's off. So that's what camp is about. And uh, this week that's been some of the things we've gone over. The offensive meeting last night when I met with the entire offense, we talked about the polish, now getting the consistency, getting that chemistry uh, on this group here this week that's what we got to do and so hopefully by saturday some of that'll look better all right you see these like experienced college basketball teams make runs in the tournament and every player on the court knows what the other guy's doing and where they're going to be it was like that when you were here bryce with shane and hardy and you had your your coaching staff that was locked in you had the players that have played with each other for like two three four Mm -hmm. five years now so it was like just i'm sure you guys knew what everybody was thinking pretty much oh yeah when you're like so those uh i guess it was three years well shane was 12 and i guess for me that you know 12 13 14 three-ish two years um i mean it was i mean it was just like there was no hesitation there we didn't have to honestly think because you know the offense was one it was simple but how effective it was and obviously when you combine those two things i mean it you play freely and um i mean just just flow and it 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 was i'm just sort of thinking back to how i mean it was so simple to grasp but um i mean we just killed people because we we, we, um what scored how many times just first drive first oh man uh, shirley and i used to always say it by the time we'd wrap up the pregame show and go to the game y'all had scored probably like 75 percent of the time oh yeah before we got there and uh i mean it was great because i mean you just knew it and we just the offense um was so nice nice and you know everybody everybody knew it and you knew everybody's what their role was what your role was to, you know all right am i run this route to get i've got to run it this side of the linebacker to open up you know say who would be on the left side probably zay coming like on a drag route or whatever it may be to open things up um so when you're firing on all cylinders it, it was it's a good time and holden's got familiar faces he knows cj from yeah. his high school days and and ryan jones uh uh, caught a lot of balls last year shane calhoun guys like that some other receivers but doesn't have that safety blanket that was sneed and the previous year his safety blanket was blake prole right so oh, kind of yeah. he's lost two in back-to-back years so uh that chemistry it sounds like uh as donnie said that's what fall camp's for that's what these you've still got a, a few weeks to go oh yeah most definitely down. and you know that's why during the off season when we do i mean it'd be straight voluntary you know seven on sevens you know during the summer i mean it's hot as crap and we haven't started training camp yet and it was whatever say tuesday and thursdays and um I mean, every, I mean, our whole offense pretty much showed up unless you're out of town, and we enjoyed it because the defense, just as much defense, the guys came and we competed. Um, I mean, it was it was a great time. And then, you know, Coach K talking about you know route depth, how important that is. If you're literally if you're off almost by a, a yard, um, you know, short too short by a yard or even too far by a yard, I mean, it can throw the quarterback's you know progression off so much, and then the play can. Not really go to shambles, but if it does go to shambles and you did, you know, get at the scramble drill, then, uh, you know, 
you can sort of bounce back from that. And yeah. This was one thing. Obviously, we worked on. We literally was a serious, you know, period in practice. We would work on scramble drills. I mean, uh, it was kind of fun when you when you would <laughs> scramble in the middle of a game or practice because you know, there's no telling what could happen. And that is something we don't think about watching football. I saw it this uh, past week. I guess uh, Ron Rivera was pointing out a play in the Washington game where Deami Brown, who's a young, talented receiver, but he said he kind of he, he rounded off his route too much, I oh, guess, yeah. and it affected the entire play. And that yeah. is not something I'm looking at at all right. you know, with the play. So. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – I mean, which maybe this may be more for um, – well, I guess it could be for the play for the – you know, if you round off, say, a dig route and, you know, don't cut it square, you know, it allows that you know, defensive guy to cut under you and, you know, obviously if you're – and especially if you're drifting – Upfield, you know, it's throwing the quarterback's pass off and allows that person, you know, the defensive guy to undercut you. So it's uh, it's pretty technical out there. <laughs> a lot more technical than we think when yeah. we're watching these guys just bash each yeah. other. Yeah, and don't miss the hot route, by the way. Hot route. <laughs> yeah, because that's obviously if someone's coming off your side and if you're not looking. You never it. got hit in the head with a ball or not, or not looking, right? No, not <laughs> Well, <laughs> I got hit in the face in the comp. <laughs> um, but yeah, hot routes. But the, uh, big stuff can come off hot routes and big yeah. plays. Was it that drill where you have to like catch one ball? Yeah, uh, and well, then have to turn I around and catch the other. Shoot! Oh, try to cut up field too soon. Uh, pop! I'm like, oh, that's not good. Uh, all right, one more. Let's hear uh, Donnie K talk about C.J. Johnson. Yeah, I probably purposely didn't say C.J. in that. You know, you got your thing there. CJ had a had a really good scrimmage. CJ's effort has been the best it's ever been. The focus has been the best. He's uh, he's been the best he's been, uh, no doubt, since I've been here, and that which is since he's been here. And so uh, we're 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 leaning. We're he's trending in the right direction right now. We're just gonna not oversell that right now. But he he had a couple big time plays. And you know what? He's playing really unselfish. He's become a good blocker, which he should have been. You know what I'm saying? I tried to tell those guys that the scouts would come in and, and the thing they loved about, I know it's hard not for me, not always want to talk about Justin Hardy, go to my happy place, but they'd say he leads the nation in catches or whatever, and he's the best blocker I've ever seen. So he, he was going to get drafted, you know what I'm saying? Now, he wasn't a 6'2", you know, 4'4 guy, but everybody wanted him. I mean, that Dwayne Harris, those guys, that, now CJ's doing that. Jalen Johnson does that. He came from Georgia. They probably had to block there a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They probably made him so he, he comes from being used to doing that. All right, I can hear Donnie just talk all day. It might give you bad flashbacks at times. Uh, it uh, just depends. <laughs> <laughs> but man, uh, he can he can spin a yarn. Yeah. As oh they say. yeah. All right, CJ, uh, looking good, but you got to prove it on the field, right, Bryce? You oh, most definitely. Be there in September. Like you said, it's kind of like a new broom sweeps clean. You know, he's kind of having to restart. I guess, you know, the back with the team. You like that, Chandler? I like that. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. You like that? So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I would think – I would think he's learned his lessons. I yeah. sure hope so. Cause when they take it away from you and that goes for anything, you, start, you dang, really appreciate you it. You right. miss it. You dang right. All right, we'll take our final break. Come back. You're ready to wrap up today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. The Dow was up 239 points at 34,152. The NASDAQ was down 25 at 13,102. And the S&P was up 8 points at 4,305. And that is a look at your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now back to the show. Here's Clip. All right, Bryce, give us a one-minute Pirate Radio Outdoors report. What you uh, Let's see. been up to or looking forward to doing? Well, I snorkeled over the honeymoon. Nice. So I did get to see some fish, be in the water, saw water so that was cool i've been working on building my deer stand uh, which i'm almost done with by the way let's see it quick and it's not white it's a gray i need to do some more thing but this is kind of the base i went with some stripes but i'm gonna do some more background <laughs> okay so i've been building that and then i've been working on my boat and all that and getting ready so it's um i've been busy i ain't pursued anything yet okay but um getting the prep work ready it's coming oh it's coming <laughs> build it bryce good to it see you come. good to Thanks see you bryce me. enjoyed it we'll uh see you fine folks coming up wednesday three o'clock on an all-new edition of pirate radio live for shirley cj chan man i'm clip rock so long everybody Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation. 